Ladies and gentlemen, if we can come to order. on it's not on hey Dave Ladies and gentlemen, can we take our seats and we'll get uh, called to order? Thank you very much for being here so promptly. We waited a few minutes to help the line clear. So I'll uh, call the meeting to order. As most of you know, my name is uh, Bob Hiss. Welcome to this uh, special town, this uh, annual town meeting. Having been advised by our town clerk, Susan Galvin, that a majority of town meeting members are in attendance, I hereby declare that a quorum is present for the transaction of business and this meeting is now open. In keeping with our tradition, we'll start our meeting with the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Will the membership please stand and join in with me? I pledge allegiance. And if you remain standing for a moment, we have uh, the Milton High School Choir will lead us in our national anthem.
taught them everything they know. Uh, if the uh, town meeting members will all rise, we'll get sworn in by the town clerk and the guests and citizens can stay seated. So, Madam Clerk. If everybody could raise their right hand, do you solemnly swear to faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all duties incumbent upon you as a town meeting member, to be a true faith and allegiance to, and uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the bylaws of the town of Milton, and to fairly and equitably execute the laws thereof? within the extent of your authority and jurisdiction, so help you God. Thank you. Um, now with that, we have a number of preliminary uh, short guests and presentations. What I'd like to start off with first is recognize uh, Congressman Stephen Lynch. Congressman, I don't think we've seen you in maybe four years, perhaps, pre-COVID, but uh, welcome back, sir. Are you welcome to uh, come up here or go to the center? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Uh, just to refresh everyone's recollection, I, I have the honor of representing precincts three, four, six, seven, eight, and nine in the wonderful town of Milton, and I'm very proud to have that honor each and every day in, in Congress. Uh, I also want to recognize and thank my colleagues who are here every, every day um, and, and representing the town of Milton, Senator Walter Timothy and uh, Representative uh, Bill Driscoll and Representative Brandy Fluker Oakley as well. So I thank them for their, their wonderful work on the state side. I understand there are very, very important uh, matters on the warrant, so I will be extremely brief, but I did want to update you on uh, ongoing activities in Washington, D.C. Uh, we are currently in the midst of an evacuation process in Sudan. Uh, we've conducted uh, three evacuation efforts so far. One was a, uh, a flight out. Uh, we took uh, between 60 and 80 uh, embassy personnel, flew them out to Djibouti. Uh, we also have done two ground convoys out to the port of Sudan. Uh, there are 26,000 U.S. citizens in Sudan, and uh, I would say probably half of those are dual citizenships, so uh, many of them do not want to, to leave the country, but we do have 5,000 uh, U.S. citizens who have contacted the embassy and who have expressed either, a uh, either expressed a desire for guidance or for assistance in evacuating, and as the situation has uh, devolved, more and more people are, are beginning to realize the, the dire consequences of staying, so uh, we're keeping an eye on that very closely. Uh, in Washington, we're dealing with the, the, the most pressing need is to, to raise the, the debt limit. As you know, uh, we typically do this without much controversy, but uh, this year is different. Uh, there's an effort uh, by my, my, my colleagues across the aisle uh, who would like to attach some budget items to the raising of the, of the debt limit, which did not happen in the three occasions when we raised the debt limit under, under uh, President Trump, but 
but now it, it seems to be uh, part of the discussion. Uh, I want you to know that uh, we have about a quarter of a million uh, people in, in our district, the 8th Congressional District, who rely on either Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid or veterans benefits would, would all be affected if we were unable to pass uh, the increase in the debt limit in a timely fashion. So it's incredibly important that we, we get that done and uh, we're, we're in negotiations uh, as we speak. Uh, I was very pleased to see that uh, we were able to obtain just over $5 million for the town of Milton in federal money uh, in the COVID relief package, the CARES Act, and also the American Rescue Plan. And that was wisely spent by, by the town of Milton in trying to defray some of the costs of dealing with the pandemic, but also some of the economic consequences of not having that tax money coming in. So uh, um, that was very well handled by our, our local uh, town administrator and also uh, your town officials. We have, uh, we have currently in the first phase of the Jobs and Infrastructure Act, which uh, will, will provide the Commonwealth of Massachusetts with about $8.5 billion in federal money we have some of the oldest infrastructure in the country here in, in Massachusetts uh, because of, of the uh, settlement uh, sequence. But uh, it's a five-year payout, so over the next five years, we'll be getting that $8.5 billion. And it will be up to the legislature and the governor to decide where and when those resources will be uh, uh, deployed. Uh, there's a great deal of money that was uh, targeted towards uh, climate change resiliency, and so uh, we're looking at those areas that might be at the greatest risk uh, in the immediate future. Uh, I want to say uh, we're also dealing with a, a, a number of bank failures. Uh, I'm on the banking committee on the House side. Uh, we first dealt with uh, a signature bank, uh, which failed, as well as uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. There were actually several branches of Silicon Valley Bank here in Massachusetts, so we had some local damage that was incurred. Uh, and now we're dealing with the takeover of uh, uh, the Re First Republic Bank, which was just taken over uh, yesterday uh, by, uh, uh, by J.P. Morgan Chase. So, and we've got, I've got, in my district, I've got several uh, branches of, of that, that bank as well. Uh, we have the FDIC chairman, uh, Grunberg, coming into the district uh, on Thursday to look at the consequences of that. A number of those banks were financing affordable housing projects in our district, not necessarily in Milton, but, but in our district. So we've got 18 projects uh, that are affordable and workforce housing that are threatened because of the failure of those banks. And we want to make sure that the successor banks, either J.P. Morgan Chase or um, First Citizens, which is out of North Carolina, meets the obligations that that were made to those that were the commitments that were made to those affordable housing projects uh, and, and developments uh, by the original banks. So uh, we're we're dealing that dealing with that uh, on a on a daily basis as well. Uh, again, it was an, it's an enormous uh, honor for me to represent you in the United States Congress. I know, look, Milton is a shining example of what's best about America. I know the way that you, you treat your, your children and, and, and care for their education and, and their well-being. 
I know the way that you, you deal with your senior citizens and uh, how you, you care for their dignity in their retirement and their health care. And I know how you care for your veterans and the tremendous tradition of sending your sons and daughters uh, to serve in our armed services. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, I, I know that you have very high expectations, and I share those responsibilities with uh, Congresswoman Presley on a daily basis, and we are both enormously proud to represent Mil Milton in the United States Congress. Thank you very much. Thank you, Congressman. I'd now like to recognize, uh, is it permanent or interim select board chair Mike Lynch? We'll find Je out. It's just Mike Zulis. Oh, Mike, Mike Lynch, Mike Zulis, pardon me. Thank, thank you, Mr. Moderator. Mike Zulis, Precinct 3 Town Meeting Member and Chair of the Select Board. Um, hi, everyone. Um, the, uh, the moderator has graciously uh, allowed us a few moments to recognize and acknowledge our uh, recent uh, just past chair and uh, our uh, former member of the Select Board. First slide, please. Arthur Doyle has served with distinction for many years. Uh, he has served this town in many ways. <laughs> and he served it for a long time. Many people don't know that Arthur was first elected to town meeting back in 1964. Many people wonder how could, that could have been possible. And um, apparently back in 1964, the age limits weren't quite what they are now. Um, so Arthur has had a long and distinguished time in this town, and uh, Arthur is a person who can be said is a person who has always been a person of his time and of his place, and he changed with the years and he changed with the decades, and as the 60s became the 70s, Arthur changed with form and fashion, then next slide please. As the years went on, Arthur developed new talents, he developed new relationships, he de developed new, ch new friendships, and he always changed, and he always tried to improve himself. In the 90s, Arthur had new friends and new talents to expose. <laughs> and finally, as the new millennium beckoned, the, the culture and the fashion changed, and Arthur once again changed with it. <laughs> Next slide, please. <laughs> For the last three years, Arthur Doyle has served this board with distinction. He's brought dignity to it. He's brought integrity to it. He's brought honesty to it. And above all, he's brought courtesy to it. And uh, it is something that uh, we will always remember and we will always cherish. And if Arthur is willing, we have a token of our um, esteem for him if he's willing to come down and take it.
Two other quick acknowledgments from the select board. Um, we welcome back for a third term of three years, Richard Wells. And we welcome our newest member, Ben Zoll. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Could you also make a statement about our town treasurer while you're standing up, I think? Jim McAuliffe, um, who I don't believe is here this evening, uh, Jim McAuliffe served this town as treasurer for 14 years. He served it well, he served it honorably, and um, it, um, it was a reflection of the esteem that he was held in by our town, the fact that he was elected 14 times to that role, and he did very well, and so I think he all deserve, he deserves a, a, round, a round of applause from each of us. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Thank you. Mr. Lynch. Zulus. Kidding, right. So uh, I'd like to recognize the school committee now. They have uh, a few uh, announcements. Uh, Ms. Carroll, I believe you're our new chair. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Lizzie Carroll, town meeting, precinct three, and chair of the school committee. Um, Mr. Zulis, that's a hard act to follow. I don't have slides with um, exciting pictures on them. Um, but I am pleased to take just a couple of minutes on behalf of my school committee colleagues um, to recognize a few folks. Um, so I guess I would begin um, by informing, updating you all who don't know, I'm sure you do, that um, school committee has been joined by Bao Chu and Mark Loring. Very excited to welcome you both. And on behalf of all my school committee colleagues, Milton Public Schools, and the community at large, I'd like to uh, recognize two public servants who recently retired or stepped down from their service on school committee um, after each serving for two terms. So we spent some time honoring them at a recent school committee meeting, um, but I'm thankful for the opportunity to acknowledge them here. Ada Rosemarin most recently served as our school committee chair and has a long legacy in Milton, especially of working with the Milton Early Childhood Alliance to expand access to early childhood opportunities, including pre-K and full-day kindergarten. Uh, Betty White served as our finance subcommittee chair, and prior to her service on school committee, she also served on the capital planning committee and the warrant committee um, a couple of times. Both Ada and Betty have represented school committee on the school building committee, and thankfully they are both still serving the town as town meeting members. Um, so I'm not sure where you are sitting, both of you, but thank you. Together right there. Thank you both for all of your continued service to Milton. I would also like, um, since this is our first annual town meeting um, in person, I believe, since the transition took place, I'd like to acknowledge Amy Dexter, the finance director for the town. 
Um, and her service as our assistant superintendent for business affairs. Um, as you all know, um, and when, when we present our articles later in the week, you will see Dr. Glenn Pavlicek, our current um, assistant superintendent for business affairs. I would also like to take this opportunity to introduce uh, Dr. Garth McKinney, who is our interim superintendent through the end of June. Um, and you just wave. People may or may not have had the chance to meet you yet. Um, and I didn't want to miss the opportunity since um, he, he may not still be able to uh, be with us when our articles do come up. But we are joined um, tonight and I believe tomorrow night by our incoming, I'm pressing a button, sorry about that, by our incoming superintendent, Dr. Peter Burroughs, um, who, So you may have already had the opportunity to meet Dr. Burroughs. Um, I think one wonderful thing about him since he was appointed, he has been spending a lot of time already during his entry plan meeting with families. He completed his final school visit today. Um, he'll continue to spend time here prior to July 1st uh, when he officially takes over. Um, but thank you very much for being here tonight. We're excited to officially welcome you. Um, and it's, you know, we all know that we're here, the business of the next week or two. Um, there are a lot of things coming up, our budget and other articles that will directly, you know, impact the work that you will be joining us to lead. And we're just so thankful that you're here. And Dr. Burroughs is going to just greet you all. Thank you all so much. Yeah, I just, um, I first just want to thank everyone for the incredible warm welcome that I've had over the last few months. I've been coming down a few few days at a time to meet with parents, meet with staff, um, and get to know Milton better. And I have just been astounded by the the level of warmth and welcome, and and really the capacity I see in the town of Milton. Uh, when people ask me, you know, why are you moving to Milton? Why Milton? Um, it's been a really easy answer for me because the moment that I got here and started talking to staff and meeting parents, I realized this was a, a, a place that, that is doing the right thing, that continually is working together as a community to put students' needs first, to put community needs first. Um, I'm really excited to get started and look forward to meeting all of you. In my first year, I'm gonna be out and about a lot. I mean, I'll be out and, out and about a lot beyond the first year, but I'm really going to um, be making a priority of meeting with community groups, with individuals, um, to really kind of listen, learn, and better understand where things are, where do we need to invest more energy, and really get moving. Um, I was thinking this meeting was one night, but I guess I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> But looking, looking forward to, to being a part of this process too. Um, there is incredible leadership at the, at the town level, as you all know, and, and I'm looking forward in this capacity of working with all of you as well. So um, lots of great stuff ahead. Thank you again, um, and we'll be talking again soon. Uh, just two announcements, one from uh, Kevin Cook, who is our is it Director of Veterans Affairs in town, is that the proper term, I think? 
Um, close enough, all right. On Saturday, May 6th, from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., rain or shine, we're seeking volunteers to assist us with honoring our fallen for Memorial Day. We'll be placing flags on veterans' graves across Milton Cemetery. We have 1,800-plus graves to flag, and we'll have sailors from USS Constitution joining us, along with police recruits from the Randolph Police Academy. High school students can secure volunteer service credits towards graduation for helping us honor our veterans. Uh, Mr. Cook will be there to provide flags, maps, and directions on proper placement of the flags. He's requesting all volunteers send an email to help him know how many helpers will be joining him. The meetup spot will be at the cemetery office at 211 Center Street for flags, maps, and info. Thank you for your support, and uh, please uh, let him know if you have any questions. That's uh, uh, kcook at townandmilton.org, in case you wish to reach him. And Madam Warren, Committee Clerk, could you put up my short uh, deck as well? So something I've wanted to do for a few years now is uh, try to help um, educate our, some of the kids in our schools about uh, our local town meeting. Um, I tried to do so when I was a Cub Scout leader and a Boy Scout leader, and about four years ago, I approached uh, the uh, Pierce Middle School with an idea, because there's a few towns across the Commonwealth that have done this. They call it a mock town meeting. And so uh, that was held this year, uh, uh, commensurate with our election on April 25th and 26th. And if we could advance to the next slide, I'll just uh, show you what helped. So I had the help from uh, three of, I think it's still called social studies, I may be dating myself, but social studies teachers. Um, Melissa Ullman, uh, Owen McElhaney, the, the famous Mr. Mack, and uh, Jake Smith. So what they had is, I think the number around 240 kids or so, they held six individual uh, mock town meetings uh, in the Pierce, high, uh, the Pierce Auditorium. They deliberated Article 31 of your warrant tonight. So they took the article home. By the way, they picked, we showed them all the articles in the warrant. That's the one they wanted to talk about. Go figure. And here's some examples of uh, just the size of one of them. So Mr. Doyle and I were able to join for the second and the third on Tuesday. Um, and I think that's a live picture of Mr. Doyle. He's wearing his normal tie in that. That's how you can pick him out, not the, the casual pajama-like garb he's got on tonight. And so uh, as you can see, if you look at the signs around, we had uh, a town clerk and we had a town moderator. Um, the students had all prepped in advance. They all had their paperwork ready. If we go to the next slide. Uh, but when we got to uh, this, the second class, the moderator was sick. So I got called in for some short relief from the bullpen and, uh, and stood in. And if I just kind of, this is the group here is actually the school committee. So school committee, you may recognize your future selves. And uh, the, the, the nice young man in the red shirt, that's town council, spelled with a C-I-L. But, you know, we let, we let that go. If we go to the next slide, um, you may want to know how the vote turned out. Well, I wasn't there for everyone, but on, I let a voice vote on the second one, and it passed overwhelmingly. We had a standing count on the second one, and it passed by one vote, 25 to 12. And then I got this when they did electronic voting. It, uh, it just failed by a hair. So the students were pretty serious about deliber deliberations. They came prepared with questions. It was, uh, it was a pretty impressive night for a couple days. If we go to the next slide. But here's my favorite. <laughs> I present to you your future town moderator. I'm unsure who this young man is, but I'm clear he's got a great future. And uh, i got to get me one of them bowler hats for a future event. So. Thank you very much to the Pierce uh, for the support and a uh, job well done to the students. So. I'd now like to recognize uh, um, some long years of service of our fellow town meeting members. So I, I'm provided this by the town uh, clerk uh, each annual town meeting. Um, I'll read off their years of service uh, as of uh, the day before the election because not all members were uh, reelected. But we had uh, Webster A. Collins, elected in 1978, 45 years of service. I believe he, 
I believe he was on the warrant committee when the Lamb sister um, articles were all passed. So that's how long he's been serving in town. Um, Diane DeTulio Agostino, uh, 1983, 40 years. We have five that 30 years, which I'll read in sequence. Uh, Gregory Buchanan, Barbara Martin, Ann Murphy, Joseph Reardon, and uh, Betty White. Thank you. We have three at 25 years, uh, Tony Cicello, John Kiernan, and Ada Rose Marin. We have two at 20 years, Michael Mahalchik and Forbes Sargent. We have four at 15 years, Kevin Donahue, Gene Irwin, Kevin Keating, and Claire Keating. And then we have close to a dozen at 10 years, including uh, April Anderson, Brian Burns, Thomas Caldwell, Jay Fundling, Brian Furs, Joan Gankarski, Larry Johnson, uh, Genevieve Maitland, pardon me, Martland, uh, Terrence McNeil, Kevin Mern, Kathleen O'Donnell, Kathleen O'Donnell, and James Anthony Quinn. Thank you all very much for your years of service. With that, I will now proceed to uh, some of the business of the meeting. We have some preliminary matters to take up. First, permission has been requested for certain members and personnel of the School Committee, Planning Board, Board of Health, and other boards, committees, and departments who are not town meeting members to sit on the floor with other members of their respective boards, committees, and departments upon the understanding, of course, that they will not vote. Hearing no objection from the body, such permission will be and hereby is accorded. Second, permission is granted to Milton Cable Access TV to televise these proceedings. Also, please note that there are two side aisle microphones uh, here, over here, and with seats in the front row uh, reserved for those waiting to be rec recognized to, be to speak. I can uh, review the rules briefly, particularly for the benefit of newer town meeting members, some of the procedural rules for the conduct of the meeting, which unless there is an objection will be the rules for the conduct of this meeting. I'll now briefly re uh, review those. Uh, first, town meeting members are required to check in with the town clerk and be seated in the lower part of the auditorium which is demarcated and reserved for town meeting members. Town citizens and others who are not town meeting members are required to be seated in the upper part of the auditorium. Second, any town meeting member wishing to speak to any article or pending related matter will first go to the nearest microphone and upon being recognized by the moderator will identify herself or himself by giving his or her name and precinct. If you've not been recognized by the moderator, you're not permitted to speak to the meeting. On occasion, members will informally alert the moderator that they desire to be recognized to speak on a certain article. While your moderator will attempt to remember who desires to be recognized on any article, please be advised that the only way in which a member can be sure to be recognized is to go to a microphone and wait to be recognized. Third, by longstanding tradition, while any other registered voter of the town who is not a town meeting member may not vote here at town meeting, he or she may be recognized to address town meeting, providing that the voter in advance of the particular session has obtained permission from the moderator. Note, uh, numerous citizens have sought and been granted permission to speak during this meeting. Fourth, any person having a monetary or equitable interest in or who is employed as an attorney or otherwise by another person interested in any matter under discussion shall disclose the fact of his or her interest or employment before speaking thereon. Fifth, with reference to each article in the warrant, the recommendation of the warrant committee shall ordinarily be considered to have been presented in the form of a motion by the chairperson which has been seconded by the secretary or other member of the warrant committee who is a town meeting member. Unless the moderator otherwise expressly states at the time the question to be voted on under each article will usually be whether or not to accept the recommendation of the Warrant Committee. In other words, generally the recommendation of the Warrant Committee is the main motion pending under the article. In the event that the Warrant Committee recommends a no vote on an article, the question will be presented as a vote on a motion made and seconded to approve the article, i.e., members will vote yes if they favor the article, 
and know if they oppose the article as recommended by the Warrant Committee. And we have two such articles in this year's warrant. Six, pursuant to Section 4 of Chapter 2 of the Town's Bylaws, the moderator requires that all substantive or complex motions be reduced to writing and presented to the moderator before submission to the meeting. Thank you to the members who, uh, who did so. It's much appreciated. Seventh, by longstanding tradition, town meeting time, a handbook of parliamentary law, third edition, will in addition to the bylaws of the town of Milton and the laws of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts be the rules of order for this meeting. Eighth, any member desiring to show slides, make a PowerPoint presentation or any other visual material before the meeting must make appropriate arrangements and inform the moderator and thank you to those who did. Ninth, members are urged to obtain all information needed by them prior to the meeting. However, by tradition, the moderator will recognize any town meeting member for the purpose of requesting additional information relevant to the matter under consideration. All such requests must be directed solely to the moderator who will attempt to ascertain the most appropriate official who should answer such an inquiry. Answers will not be provided while the member still has the floor in order to prevent the temptation to cross-examine the person providing the information, which is not permitted. However, the moderator will separately recognize a member once for the purpose of posing a follow-up question. Sometimes the information is not available or is not immediately available and the request for information will simply not be fulfilled. Tenth, when it is announced by the moderator that the meeting will proceed to vote, debate will be closed, and the pending question will be put to the town meeting. Eleventh, upon taking the question, the sense of the meeting shall be taken by the voices of the town meeting members, and the moderator shall first announce the vote as it appears to him by the sound. If the moderator is unable to decide by the sound of his voice or his announcement made thereupon is doubted by seven town meeting members arising in their places for that purpose, the moderator shall request the town meeting members to be seated and shall appoint tellers. The question shall then be distinctly stated and those in the affirmative and negative respectively shall be requested to rise and stand in their places until they are counted by the tellers who shall report their account to the moderator who thereupon shall announce the vote. If the vote is further doubted and 25 town meeting members arise in their places and ask for a division of the meeting by the taking of the yeas and the nays, then the roll of the meeting shall be called in alphabetical order by the town clerk. And each town meeting member shall rise in his or her place and answer yea or nay when his or her name is called and the moderator shall announce the vote. No town meeting member shall be allowed to vote after the vote is declared. Twelfth, no vote shall be reconsidered at the same meeting except upon a motion made within one hour of the adoption of such vote, unless by two-thirds vote, provided that the time which elapses during any adjournment of the meeting shall be excluded in. Thirteenth, because of the constraints of state law pursuant to Proposition 2.5, the budget articles as recommended by the Warrant Committee to this town meeting are at the maximum tax levy limitation permitted by state law pursuant to Proposition 2.5. While the moderator will entertain motions to amend budget articles upward, the town's total appropriation may not exceed the Proposition 2.5 limit. Thus, to avoid potential chaos and the necessity for additional meetings to balance the town's appropriation within the levy limit on the amount of revenue that the town may raise by property tax, your moderator both urges and expects that any member offering an upward amendment to a budget article will also, for the benefit of fellow town meeting members, specify an offsetting decrease in some other line item, or specify what additional source of revenue is or will be available. In addition, it is also permissible to make increased funding subject to an override ballot by the registered voters of the town. Fourteenth, each person speaking to an article or amendment is limited to 10 minutes and no person may speak on a question more than once when any other person desires to be heard or more than twice on the same question without permission of the town moderator. Pre-approved presentations will not necessarily be limited to 10 minutes at the discretion of the moderator. Unless there is an objection, these will be the procedural rules for the meeting. However, I have an update and my own objection. So I was informed about five o'clock today that as you know, back in our June annual town meeting of 2022, we adopted a bylaw change and rule change to incorporate electronic voting. 
So unlike some of these, which are just rules, this was a bylaw change, which is encapsulated in Chapter 2, Section 5, I believe, according to our town council. And as such, any bylaw changes in a town must be approved by the Attorney General. Uh, due to a variety of different things having to be gathered up, um, that bylaw change went in uh, only in 2023. The Attorney General has 90 days to uh, review and approve or comment or reject, and they have not done so. As a result, the electronic voting change we implemented, um, as it stands today, is not something we can follow because it has not been approved by the Attorney General in our bylaws. However, I think we have a solution, if you're willing to entertain it. So I will read uh, a motion that I've worked out with town council and the help of a helpful town uh, meeting member, Mr. Cachello, who raised a point for me. I'll entertain the following motion. Moved that town meeting suspend chapter two, section five of the town bylaws as follows. Upon taking the question, the sense of the meeting shall be taken by electronic vote of the town meeting members and the moderator shall first announce the vote as it appears to him by the result of the electronic vote. Madam Warren, committee chair, if we could put this up on the screen. Second paragraph, if the moderator's announcement of the vote as displayed by the electronic voting system is doubted by seven town meeting members standing in their place, the moderator shall then communicate or otherwise display in a form visible to all town meeting members the individual votes of each town meeting members on the article. If the vote is further doubted by 25 town meeting members standing in their places, then there will be a roll call of the meeting with the town clerk calling the name of each town meeting member in alphabetical order and each town meeting member upon his or her name being called shall rise in place and answer yes or no. And since this is a suspension of a bylaw in replacement in effect of a bylaw temporarily for the meeting, it would require a two thirds vote. Do I hear, do we, do we have that on the screen? Nope. Hey, Rob, might you be able to help her uh, just get up on the screen? So this is rule number 11, and rule number 11 has uh, two paragraphs to it. What we've done in paragraph one, the proposal, if I could have, is there a second to this motion? Thank you. If I'll just explain uh, what the rule change is in, in particular. So we took the first paragraph, which you see there in the black text, and you can see in red the changes. So we replaced the word voices with electronic and sound with um, result. So that's the first. The second was to completely delete the other paragraph, which talks about tellers and standing counts, et cetera, and instead replace it with the language you see in green, and I'll let you read and absorb for a minute. So what it basically says is, 
Um, after a vote, we'll display the results, as we've done before, for example, back in uh, February. By the way, if anyone asked a question about the results of the February town meeting, we'll have to take that up with the select board after this town meeting, because I have no answers for you on that one. But, so we'll, we'll display the, the vote, and if everyone accepts it, we move on. If seven people rise in their seats, um, then we'll display live on the screen how you all voted. We've done a test of this, and we'll show you how that test works. Um, but we can display 13 uh, members at a time. We'll wait 10 seconds for each member. We practice this out, and we'll page our way through. We time that it takes about four minutes to display um, all of your votes on the screen at 10 seconds per every 13 members. So if that's satisfactory, then we move on. If not, if 25 of you rise in your place, then we'll go to the traditional voice vote roll call, one at a time. Now that took, when we did this a year ago with about a 210 members, I think that took 60, 65 minutes. I think we have, Madam Clerk, close to 250 tonight. It'll probably take an hour and a half for a full voice roll call vote. So that's the summary. We take a vote, display the results. If everybody's good, we go to the next article. If seven people stand up, we'll display how you all voted on the screen. If everybody's good, we'll move on to the next article. If 25 of you stand up, we'll stop and we'll do a voice roll call vote. Every single person's name will be called and you'll vote yay or nay. So that's the motion before the body. Are there any questions to that process? If you have a question, if you could come down to the mic, uh, that would be most helpful. That way people can hear you and you can introduce yourself. I'm Liz Dillon from Precinct 6. Can you just explain again that procedural history? I was listening to you, but I missed exactly what happened with the Attorney General. Thank you. Yes. When uh, a town makes a change to a bylaw, uh, it first has to be approved by town meeting. Then the exact language is documented by the town clerk, and along with um, other results of the town meeting, is forwarded to the Attorney General for approval. Oh. The Attorney General then has 90 days to respond. Unfortunately, due to a number of apparent delays, we are inside that 90-day window, so we don't have a reply back on the electronic voting bylaw change made in June of 2022. Okay. Oh, sorry. Thank yep. you. You're welcome. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Diane DiTulio Agostino, Precinct 9, recovering from nine weeks ago of COVID. So bear with me as I'm. Yes, ma'am. Um, and I do appreciate it that the school department, even though Bill Ritchie retired last Friday, that they did um, still put through the circulation for us all to stay healthier in the auditorium. Um, so one for Bill Ritchie that we forgot. Um, Understanding that our bylaws are in existence and they do run town meeting, the seven standing and the 25 standing, my concern is that, and we all swore to uphold the bylaws of the town of Milton at the beginning of the meeting, that um, we could possibly expedite this by doing what you're suggesting but sticking with the bylaw that when seven stand, we don't, we just know the number. We don't see who the people are until the bylaw 
that and you know what? You made me feel really old saying I've been coming here for 40 years. Uh -huh. um, well earned. But um, just giving us the total numbers after the seven roll call vote, just what the totals are, how many A, how, how many yay, how many nay, because the bylaw stipulates that the individual names are disclosed when we have a roll call vote. So at that point, you'd have to put it out. So that might expedite the process as well as still uphold the bylaws of the town because you're following the bylaws um, by not, by just following and expediting this, the seven standing people. And that's a surprise that uh, the attorney general has not um, in fact, I had COVID during the last meeting, so I didn't attend, but weren't these devices used during the last meeting? Does that have any impact? That's, we'll have to take that up with the select board after the meeting. I, this oh, is new you news you just now. found out. Yes, at five o'clock tonight, I found this out. So. Oh, thank yes. you very much, and thank you for explaining it in detail. Yes, I'll explain the rationale, by the way. Um, if you haven't seen our electronic voting after a vote, we'll display the actual count and percent of the yes, no, and abstain. So after every single vote, you'll know how many people voted and, and um, the, the totality, totality of their vote. The logic behind this that we worked out with uh, town council, and perhaps you'd like, you can even weigh in town council, was you know, we have this escalating process in our history, and what I am hoping is that if we have a process that spends four minutes to disclose the votes, and, in, and the logic we had is standing up and being visible to your neighbors is the next level of kind of, uh, accountability in voting, but not the full hour and a half it would take for the roll call vote. That seemed a way to step ourselves up, provide accountability, and avoid the full roll call vote as much as possible. So that was the rationale behind it, ma'am. So you will see the count on every single vote. Unless there are no other questions, I will call for a voice vote, since we can't implement electronic voting yet. All in favor, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Uh, I declare a two-thirds motion, uh, two-thirds uh, vote. Thank you. So with that, certain matters coming before the town meeting require a two-thirds vote. In accordance with Chapter 448 of the Acts of 1996, I will entertain the following procedural motion, which allows the moderator to declare that a two-thirds majority vote has occurred. The motion is, on matters requiring a two-thirds vote by a statute, uh, count need not be taken unless the vote so declared is immediately questioned by seven or more voters as provided in General Laws, Chapter 39, Section 15. If someone would say, so moved. Is there a second? Then uh, all in favor of this uh, motion, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. I declare unanimous. Uh, some observations of this meeting this year, we will have several articles that will require a two-thirds vote. I'll inform you of those before we, are, uh, we vote on those motions. Um, I think with that, we will proceed now to the, uh, um, pardon me, let me just talk to the town council. Now that I have the authority to declare a two-thirds vote on the motion to suspend rules, uh, I now declare a two-thirds vote on the motion to suspend rules and readopt the language as submitted and approved. With that. We'll now proceed to, uh, unless there's any other matters before the body, we'll proceed to the consent agenda. And actually, before doing that, I thought we'd run a test of electronic voting. 
So you all have your clickers out. If we could dis display the electronic voting software up on the big screen. So here's your test question. So at the, when I say we're going to move to a vote, uh, Mr. Mallet, our IT director over here, is going to put up uh, um, the test question, and he's going to open the polling. And you'll have 30 seconds to either click uh, 1A for yes, 2B for no, or 3C for abstain. Now, by the way, you'll see a light go on on your device. That light is not just a recognition that you press the button. That light is actually saying, I pressed a button, I transmitted a signal to a receiver we have up here, that receiver captured your vote, recorded it in the software, and the receiver is communicating back to you, I got your vote. So that's, when you see the light, that's your acknowledgement that the device has captured your vote. During your 30 seconds, you can change your vote. You can vote as fast as you can click within the 30 seconds. But the last thing you press is the vote that'll get recorded when the timer ends at 30 seconds. We all ready? Okay. Mr. Malik, we can open the poll. You'll have 30 seconds. <laughs> Does anyone need help? It's a hard one, I know. But. And there are the results. So now I'll explain on the results. Um, by our tradition and by bylaw, we ignore abstentions. We ignore votes of people who are absent. We ignore people who don't press anything. And we ignore abstentions in the, vote in the denominator, the vote count. So the only thing I'm going to look at on the vote count are the yeses and the noes. And we can switch between percentage and numbers. And we'll call those out because the town clerk likes to record the actuals. But the way I'll quickly tell a majority vote if the yes is a bigger percentage uh, than the no or a bigger number, then we know we have a majority. And on a two-thirds vote, as long as the yes is two times the no, we have 67%, and that's a, a two-thirds vote. We don't have any votes greater than two-thirds tonight. So I could declare this as either a majority vote, clearly passed, or it's a two-thirds vote, and I would declare it as such. Now let's say seven of you rose in your seats, and you wanted to find out how you all voted. So let's practice. Any seven people going to rise in their seats? One, two, three, four, five. There we have seven people. Very good. So Mr. Malik, could you then display what the uh, vote roll will look like, and we can do a practice run. You'll have to switch displays. It's display settings up at the top. There we go. Did you capture the results, Mr. Mallet?
Yes? Do you want to re-vote? Okay. We'll get to your question just in a minute, minute ma'am. Okay, we're going to re-vote. Mr. Mout had a, a setup issue. Okay, you can see the results. It both passes by majority and two-thirds. So what Mr. Mallow will do is he'll wait, we've counted 10 seconds per screen, and you can scan the results. So let's just do that, Mr. Mallet, a couple screens and see what you think. So that's the process. Keep, we can keep going, sure. While we're going, ma'am, you had a question? Yes. Yes, I was curious about the underlying math for that uh, bar chart and why the abstentions get a percentage. Um, the abstentions get a percentage because uh, we did a trial run back in February. And there were a number of members that expressed to me that they wished to abstain. And uh, it was pointed out that, uh, for example, during our roll call votes, uh, you are able to abstain if you wish, and we exclude your vote. Or on a voice vote, you can be silent, and in effect, you're abstaining, and we exclude your vote. Um, if you walk out of the room and we take a vote, you're abstaining, and we exclude your vote. So members wanted the ability to both you know, register an abstention, and yet we still had to be able to comply with uh, excluding the abstentions. So this was an, a, a learning after our uh, February town meeting test. Yes, ma'am. I still have a question, though. I understand wanting to be able to record an, an abstention, but if we're figuring out the two-thirds vote, then where does the abstention count in that? It doesn't. Okay. It's excluded. So let's give you a simple case. Let's say there were two yeses and one no and 200 abstentions. Real simple. The total vote is three. Two plus one. It both passes by a majority vote. This two is greater than 50% of, uh, of three. And it passes by a two-thirds vote, because the yeses are twice the ones, which is two-thirds of three. So that's all I'm going to look for. Else, if I see, you know, 60, you know, that, that's how it works. Hey, Rob, can you go back to a result? So what you can see is the, uh, there's the count. So the 129 is bigger than the 48, so we know we have a majority. 
and the 129 is more than two times the 28, so we know we have a two-thirds. Yes and no can equal 100%. What's that? Yes and no can equal 100%. Which I can't do in the software, so we'll figure out the percentages after the fact, right? But I can declare the majority and the two-thirds based on the count in the display, but you're right, the yes and no's don't equal 100%, right? That's the trade-off of the abstentions. Yes, ma'am. Kathleen Potter, Precinct 4. Um, the three people sitting in the back row there, are, we all voted, we all got a red light, but when it went through the thing, it didn't register. A, a green light, I'm sorry, green light. I'm sorry, thank you. The green light, it didn't register though, for all three of us back there. And there was a handful of other people. We got the light, and then when it showed it, it, it didn't show a vote. Okay, where were you sitting, ma'am? In the um, there, right there. Right there, in the main section? Yeah. Okay. And, but there were other people in that general, whole general area. I voted, I got it. Yes, I was one of them. And my husband, James, and Elaine Kennedy. Why don't we just check your device, ma'am?
Okay, folks, we're going to try another test. We've moved the receiver. I think with all the bodies in here, we want to make sure it uh, is able to pick up your votes. So when Mr. Mallet comes back, we'll uh, run another test. All right, folks, we'll run the test again. Mr. Mallet, if you could open up the poll. All right, if you could hold your clickers up and uh, record your vote.
All right, folks, did you see your name, your votes? So one thing, I would encourage uh, the members to, uh, as our rules say, to come down to the front section, and uh, then, because that gets you in closer proximity to the receiver, so the device works. Okay, yes, sir. Um, thank you, Tom Callahan, Precinct 4. Could, um, with your permission, could we display the, the vote percentages again? Yes. So my understanding from your previous explanation to the previous questioner um, was that you're going to do the math in real time on your own and declare a majority or two-thirds vote. Yes. The system can't do that? I mean, we're going to be displaying the improper percentages, right? I think we can all agree that those percentages are wrong. Um, why can't we have a display that will reflect the actual either 50% plus one or two-thirds majority um, rather than relying on real-time math? Um, it's a, it's a trade-off of including the abstentions or not in the configuration of the software. And actually what the clerk actually records is the count rather than the percent itself. That's the official thing she logs in the, in the books. The percentages are just a convenience for us. I just, one member's opinion, but it, it seems unnecessarily confusing in a body of 250 plus folks with various opinions on various questions. Um, it just seems to me a recipe for um, more confusion than is necessary at town meeting. Well, we have plenty already. Well, thank you. Okay. Then perhaps I'll stick with the, uh, per the numbers instead of the percentages. Okay. We'll stick with the numbers instead of the percentages. With that, uh, we'll proceed to the uh, consent agenda. Um, now, we did have a lot of me new members here last night, but I'll refresh uh, the, the members' uh, recollection of how the consent agenda works. I mailed out, uh, this is a moderator proposal, a motion, to put before the body um, a single motion to um, approve, I put 27 potential articles in here. I made the decision based on past history of whether we have uh, contention, presentations, or questions, whether we typically get an overwhelming vote. And this year, I, I spoke to the Warrant Committee chair and some of the budgetary authorities in the town, and they said we had somewhat, <clears throat> pardon me, budget harmony, let's say, that there wasn't a contentious process to achieve the budgets, and those have typically led to approval of the budgets. I took some of the larger ones out that are typically uh, want discussion, like uh, the school budget, but left most of the others in. Um, the way this works is I will read each row on the consent agenda, and if any five of you raise your hand who are town meeting members, and perhaps you could also hold up your clicker so I know it's not a citizen perhaps doing it. If I see five people raise their hand, I'll strike it from the consent agenda. And we'll, we'll take it out of the agenda and we'll just address it in its normal sequence in the warrant. If I don't see five hands, it'll stay in. We'll read through all that. I'll then go, after we're done reading all of them, I'll confirm which ones are in and which ones are out. And then we'll take one vote and it'll require a two-thirds vote because we have some two-thirds uh, articles in there. Is that clear? Okay. Article two, authorize the treasurer to collect taxes submitted by the select board. Okay, it's confirmed. Article three, authorize treasurer to enter into compensating balance agreements submitted by the select board. Looks confirmed. 
Article 5, audit appropriation submitted by the select board. Looks confirmed. Article 6, union wage set-aside appropriation submitted by the select board. Confirmed. Article 7, employee benefits appropriation submitted by the select board. Confirmed. Article 8, unemployment appropriation submitted by the select board. Confirmed. Article 9, Chapter 13, Position Classifications and Wage Increases, submitted by the Personnel Board. Confirmed. Article 10, Public Safety Appropriation, submitted by the Select Board. I see one. I think I just see one. Two. One, two, three. There's five. Okay, that will strike Article 10. Um, Article 11, general uh, government appropriation submitted by the select board. See, one, two, just two? Okay. Are there others? I just saw the two right here. Okay, that's confirmed then. Article 15, boards and committee appropriation submitted by the select board. That seems confirmed. Article 18, public works appropriation submitted by the select board. That seems confirmed. Article 19, water enterprise fund appropriation submitted by the select board. That seems confirmed. Article 20, sewer enterprise fund appropriation submitted by the select board. Confirmed. Article 21, Stormwater Enterprise Fund appropriation submitted by the Select Board. I think that's confirmed. Article 23, Appropriation for Water System Improvement submitted by the Select Board. I think confirmed. Article 25, Health and Sanitation appropriation submitted by the Select Board. I think confirmed. Article 26, library appropriation submitted by the Board of Library Trustees. I think confirmed. Article 28, cemetery appropriation submitted by the Board of Cemetery Trustees. Uh, confirmed. Article 29, parks department appropriation submitted by the Board of Parks Commissioners. Confirmed. Article 34, Blue Hills Regional Technical School Appropriation, submitted by the Select Board. Confirmed. Article 35, Consolidated Facilities Appropriation, submitted by the Select Board. Confirmed. Article 36, Interest and in Maturing Debt Appropriation, submitted by the Select Board. Confirmed. Article 38, Stabilization Fund Appropriation, submitted by the Select Board. Confirmed. Article 39, Other Post-Employment Benefit Trust Appropriation, submitted by the Select Board. Confirmed. Article 40, Reserve Fund Appropriation, submitted by the Select Board. Confirmed. Article 42, Revolving Fund Appropriation, submitted by the Select Board. 
Confirmed. And Article 45, authorize Select Board to accept easements submitted by the Select Board. I think that's confirmed. So with that, I'll just read through again. We will include in the consent agenda, agenda Articles 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I have withdrawn 10. We'll include resuming 11, 15, 18, 19, 20, 21, 23, 25, 26, 28, 29, 34, 35, 36, 38, 39, 40, 42, and 45. Thank you very much. With that, uh, Mr. Uh, Malik, could we proceed to the vote? We could also put the count up for the town clerk. I declare a two-thirds vote on the consent agenda by a, by a vote of 237 to 3. Thank you. Um, before we proceed to Article 1, I'd like to uh, make a few moments to hear from our chair of the Warrant Committee, Mr. Humphreys, who will give us uh, a sense of the Warrant Committee's deliberations this past year. Mr. Humphreys. Good evening. Mr. Hiss, when he asked me to do our remarks, it indicated that in the past the Warren Committee had often put up lots of bars and graphs and numbers. Yep, thank you. Is this better? All right. <clears throat> Mr. You can, Hiss. You can pull the mic closer to you if that would help. Just have to lean like in. This. There you go. All right, thanks. It said that in the past been presentations, lots of bars, graphs, numbers, etc. I'm not going to do that. We put a lot of effort into the warrant that is in front of you. Everything is in the warrant that's in front of you. We put a, many, many hours of debate. It's not just by us in the Warrant Committee, but in all the committees and all the departments. A tremendous amount of work went into this document that you have in front of you. Like Mr. Hiss indicated, uh, the budget, which is the main the main body of what we're talking about here, which is um, what I'm going to focus on now, was the result of a long process that involved the departments, department heads, the town moderator. There's a lot of back and forth with regards to that that brings to us what we're really considering to be a, a consensus budget that we would ask you to consider. I'd like to point out a couple um, key concepts that we have here um, before we go. It's important to note, and I'm looking at my report on page 11, that this budget, that this budget is balanced by the use of one-time funds and approximately $4.4 million of one-time funds that's a tremendous amount of free cash, okay? 
there was a tremendous amount of free cash that the town benefited from going into this budget process uh, that's special, unique. We could never count on this kind of thing again. Uh, there was, it, it was, how to deal with the free cash was really a key to this budget. It had been anticipated last year coming into this budget scenario that we were likely to be looking at a budget override. In light of this $4.4 million that was available, that part of the consensus, I believe, that was reached was a budget that would obviate the need for a budget override this year. So you're gonna see in this budget where the $4.4 million of free cash is allocated, oftentimes for positions, which will now become recurrent. So please, in your deliberations, note that. For instance, we're seeing, we're seeing that approximately $970,000 in free cash is being used for needs-based department budget requests, including a lot of positions. Now, it's important to note that these positions are gonna be recurring, and they're gonna be recurring in budgets going forward. One of the ways that we looked at this is it like that song from the old days, that these are the people in your neighborhood, okay? That these are people that we rely upon in our town to take care of business. Um, in order to sort of hit that theme, I'm gonna quote from some of our thoughts with regard to the school budget and sort of the philosophy behind what we're trying to support here with regards to the school budget is the, is the kind of philosophy that I, that, that we were looking at with regards to the budget on the whole, is that we saw that here, and this, this could apply to any department, the Warren Committee was satisfied that the personnel, that the school department, but add any other department, fire, police, <coughs> uh, consolidated facilities, wherever these, wherever these people show up, that these people that were requested were appropriate to deliver the services that are needed, in some cases, desperately. Um, we spoke, we speak in our comment with regards to the schools, and with regards to some of the challenges that our children are facing and the needs that need to be addressed now in order to help them out. So that's what I'd ask you as we proceed to look for, uh, to just pay attention. That's one of the big themes that you're gonna see in this budget that I wanted to point out. And so, with regards to that, and in closing, would you please place your seats in the full upright position and put your tables uh, up, and let's prepare for pushback. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Humphreys. We'll now proceed to uh, Article 1, recommended that the town vote to accept the report of the town accountant and other town officers and committees. Uh, you may notice uh, in prior years we have not had too many reports, but we had a couple committees that wished to speak to you, and this is the article under which they should do so. So I'd like to recognize uh, Mr. Chris Hart and Ms. Uh, Patricia Lattimore to present on the Equity and Justice for All Committee.
presentation is not on this computer here. You have to look backwards. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Next slide. <laughs> oh no. Go back for a minute. Um, sorry about that. My name is Patricia Lattimore, and I'm the co-chair with Chris Hart, who's going to present with me of the Select Board's uh, Advisory Committee on Equity and Justice for All. Um, I wanted to, we wanted to present to you today to just give you a quick update on the work of the committee and also talk a little bit about the next steps. Next slide. Um, as many of you might know, the committee was established in October of 2020 and um, our charge was um, very broad in a way, but I'm going to read this because I think it is really important. It was the, um, the charge was to review town policies, procedures, and budgets for the purpose of advancing equity and justice for all with a focus of eradicating from the town of Milton oppression, racism, injustice, and violence against people of color, including without limitations, immigrants of color. And uh, we were asked to report back to the select um, board on a periodic basis, but to come up with our final report in 18 months. Um, next slide, please. So you may ask who were the people who participated on this committee. I'm not going to read the names, but hopefully you know some of them. And um, we think that we had a very good committee. There were 12 of us who um, participated, in it, and as you can see, we came from a variety of um, places. Next slide, please. Uh, what I'd like to do, talk about next is the um, activities that this committee um, went through from October of 2020 to um, April of 2022. The first thing we did was to really try to figure out what our scope would be. And um, as you can imagine, there are lots of things we could have focused on. And I'll tell you up front that we did not, we were not able to cover everything because no committee can do that. But we did um, create four areas that we said we think would be, we could make some difference in. And they were affordable housing, town government, school, youth and family, police and fire. And so we went about doing a lot of in-depth re research on those four areas. And when I say research, what I mean by that is we reviewed publicly available documents that included um, policies and procedures, contracts, and also statistical information among just a, a few things. Uh, we also interviewed key stakeholders and um, experts. And that was very helpful for our committee. Um, we provided to the select board an interim report in April of 2021. Um, we went back and thought that we should really get a better understanding of what citizens in Milton felt about these issues. And so we conducted a survey in the fall of 2021. And finally, um, last year in April, we presented our final report to the select board. So if you can go to the next slide. So I'm gonna just talk a little bit about, um, because I know when we start to talk about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, there are all this lingo out there and everybody seems to have their own version of it. And I'm not gonna do a deep dive on it, but hopefully I'll give you enough of how we thought about it 
so that you can understand um, some of our recommendations, which Chris will go through. The first thing we looked at is starting to think about what do we mean by diversity? And what we identified were characteristics that might differentiate one individual for, from another. And as you can imagine, that covers a whole lot of space. We also thought about the word equity a lot. Um, and how we defined that was fairness and justice. And that's distinct from equality. Equality would be everybody gets the same thing. Um, equity would mean that each person would get what they needed um, to be successful. You hear the word, of course, all the time about inclusion. And inclusion is bringing individuals and or groups into the process, activities, and also the decision and policy making in the way that shares power, and that was our definition. Now, everyone, we always say there's this DEI thing, and we do a lot of shorthand for that, but diversity, equity, and inclusion is the interaction of all of those pieces that are diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we say that that is the ground which justice can thrive. So I'm going to turn it over to Chris right now, and um, he's going to take you through um, some of our methodology and also some of the recommendations that we made. Chris? Um, I'm going to start with an editorial, uh, which is to say this was an excellent committee to work with, and Pat was a wonderful co-chair, and I'm very, very proud to have worked on this work, which I think was long overdue. Um, and very, very happy to be standing here before you to talk about it. And by the way, everybody received a copy of the report, I think, several months ago. So if you haven't read it yet, I hope uh, this is an incentive to do so. So Pat's talked about the work that we did as a committee to identify what we wanted to focus on and how we were going to go about doing it. One of the things we realized in the process of doing this work is that we really didn't have a grounding for what people in the town thought. And so we spent some time putting together, designing, crafting a survey um, that we tried to um, have distributed around town as much as possible. Um, we administered the survey in October of 2021 for about a period of a month. Um, and the purpose of the survey was to understand residents' perspectives regarding a variety of, of DE&I issues, um, as well as the steps and potential recommendations of the committee. By this point, we had already given a uh, preliminary report to the select board. Um, and so some of this was also checking our own predispositions and our own work uh, with what, uh, with what uh, residents of the town thought. Um, 571 Milton residents completed the survey, um, and the survey categories themselves reflected our area of focus. Next slide, please. So these were the results of the survey. Uh, I'm going to read these. Um, and you can see in more detail uh, in the report um, some of the uh, context around each one of these bullet points. So the first uh, result was um, that there's widespread agreement that Milton is generally unaffordable and also that Milton must do, a better, must do better to provide affordable housing. Remember that affordable housing was one of our four um, areas of focus. The second was that there's, a, there's strong support for increasing the diversity of police and fire departments. And I should say, I spent a lot of time talking to Chief King and Chief Madden um, over the course of the year. Um, and I know that that was something that, that they both cared about quite a bit. 
Um, there was strong support for police using body cams and for the diversion of police funding to support youth, substance abuse, and mental health programs. Except for those who've lived in Milton for more than 50 years, respondents largely do not believe that Milton has a sufficiently diverse town government. There was significant variation between respondents who have lived longer in Milton, with longer-term residents reporting more agreement that the town treats residents fairly. Most respondents reported not experiencing discrimination in the town, but for those who did, discrimination on the basis of race was most often cited. And then finally, a majority of residents agreed that race was an issue and that the town is racially segregated. If it sounds sobering, it is sobering, and I think it gives this town and this body in particular quite a bit to think about. Next slide, please. So we published a final report that we provided to the select board, and the report had two primary goals. The first was to inform the select board um, and Milton residents of the work of the committee, uh, as well in particular on our observations and recommendations. And the second was to create a common baseline and understanding on the status of diversity, equity, and inclusion um, based on the observations of the committee. Next slide, please. So there were three key observations. There were other observations, but these are the three key observations. The first is that there was a lack of a formal commitment to DEI within Milton. And what I mean by formal commitment, there were no real policies, there were no real procedures, there was really nothing that made it clear that DEI was important to the town. Um, the second is a lack of diversity within town institutions themselves. And the third is uh, that historical patterns have created obstacles to Milton's progress on DEI, such as, again, affordable housing. Next slide, please. So based on these observations, the committee developed four key recommendations, as well as others. The first was the creation of a town-wide DEI statement and policy. The second was a creation of a standing DEI committee appointed by and accountable to the select board with responsibility over DEI issues. The third was continued education and dialogue around affordable housing. And the fourth was a focus on youth sports, which we recognize as a committee was critically <laughs> important to children and families in Milton. Next slide, please. Thank you. And I'll give it back to Pat. So now we're at the, what do, where are we at today? And because um, you've seen the key recommendations, these are not the only recommendations, but they are the critical ones that Chris just talked about. And um, what are our next steps and what we hope to accomplish? Um, the town has adopted a town-wide DEI policy statement. And um, that was done by the select board last year in the spring. It also, uh, appointed, uh, created a new charge for a permanent uh, equity and justice for all committee. And we're in the process now of trying to um, construct that committee. And what we're asking is for folks to join with us on that. If you're interested or if you know people who are interested in being a member, uh, we encourage everyone to apply. And then finally, our hopes and expectation is that the report, which you did receive, is fairly large, but there is a very nice, I think, uh, just a few page summary. So if you have just a few minutes and just could spend some time reading through that, if you haven't, that would be appreciated. 
but one of the pieces that we hope is that the next committee, the permanent committee, would actually spend time implementing the recommendations of the initial committee and also um, look at areas that we did not, um, as the initial committee, have an opportunity to address. And so that is the conclusion of our report. And so thank you for your time. Are there any questions for the chairs? Very good, thank you. Uh, next, I'd like to hear from Mr. Michael Sutphin, who is the chair of the Audit Committee. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Uh, Michael Sutphin here, pleased to represent our five-member Audit Committee. Um, our primary role is to oversee the uh, external auditors who do perform the annual, annual audit of the Town of Milton financial statements. Uh, we have a June 30th year end. We come to the town meeting each year to present findings from the external auditor, and that's what I'm here to do tonight. Um, they really just had two comments uh, in the current period, and then there was one comment from the prior year that they wrapped up. We can go to the next slide. Um, it lists our committee members and our role. The next slide. So these are the two current year comments that the external auditor highlighted. Again, this is for the June 30th, 2022 audit year end. Um, both of them were related to uh, debt. So our long-term debt, we had some new issuances that were not being reconciled to the town treasurer's books or to the statement of indebtedness. Uh, that's the first comment. The second comment on the bottom half of the page, uh, we had some short-term notes that were originally recorded as revenue, uh, which should have been booked as a payable. The root cause in both of these findings uh, really related to some, some transition and staff turnover that we had in the town. Um, these were not previously issues uh, within the prior year audit, and we don't expect them to be issues in the current year audit, and that staffing matter has been uh, dealt with. Um, the prior year comment, um, this was a matter that had existed for a number of years in the town treasurer's office related to the reconciliation of certain uh, cash accounts and it was resulting in some differences that had been unreconciled. Those differences um, had been immaterial for many years and they had really uh, come down to a very small amount in the most recent year and our external auditor was comfortable closing this uh, out as a comment going forward uh, due to the immateriality of those items. Those are the three matters we want to report to you today from the Audit Committee. Appreciate, uh, Mr. Marauder, the chance to speak tonight. That concludes our remarks. Are there any uh, questions for Mr. Sutphin of the Audit Committee? Very good. Thank you, Mr. Sutphin. Anyone else wish to speak to Article 1? Seeing none, if we can go to the poll.
I declare a majority vote. Article 1 passes. Thank you. Uh, Article 2 was passed by consent agenda. Article 3 was passed by consent agenda, so we'll proceed to Article 4. Recommended that the town appropriate the sum of $5,707,222 to fund the capital projects listed below. Uh, the recommended bonded capital items are $4,505,372. Uh, the non-bonded capital items, $1,201,850 for a total of $5,707,222. And that to meet said appropriation, the treasurer with the approval of the select board is authorized to sell and issue bonds or notes of the town, aggregating not more than $4,505,372 under and pursuant to provisions of chapter 44, section seven of the Mass General Laws, as amended or any other enabling authority for the purposes listed under the heading bonded capital items, including the payment of costs incidentally related thereto, and to issue bonds or notes of the town, therefore, and that the select board by and hereby is authorized to accept and expend, in addition to the foregoing appropriation, one or more grants or gifts from any other public or private funding source, and that sum of $1,201,850 be appropriated from funds certified by the Department of Revenue as free cash for purposes listed under the heading non-bonded capital items. Does anyone wish to speak to this article? This will require a two-thirds vote because it's borrowing money. Seeing no one, if we can open up the poll. And we could put the, uh, the numbers up as well. Um, I see at a vote of 245 yes, two no, I declare a two-thirds vote. Um, after that, uh, Mr. Walsh, you wish to speak, recognized right now? Yes. Yes, Mr. Moderator, thank you. Uh, Brian Walsh, Precinct 8. Mr. Moderator, I rise. I want to make a, a motion to uh, defer an article to a certain date and time. I'll make that motion. Hopefully, it will get seconded. And then uh, I have some just brief remarks as to why. Yes, sir. So I want to make a motion, uh, Mr. Moderator, that we defer Articles 31 and 32 to the start of the meeting on Thursday evening, uh, May 4th. Uh, is, is there a second? <laughs> Mr. Walsh, carry on. Thank you. So for, for, the, for the members, that especially the newer members, uh, this is a longstanding tradition here at town meeting. I've been a member for more than 30 years, had the uh, privilege of serving as moderator. When we have a really, a, a, an annual town meeting, a really, uh, an article of great interest to many people. And you'll, you'll find that the many people want to hear it. Residents might want to come and listen to the, the debate. Uh, and certainly a lot of people want to participate. And the, the best way to do that, we never know when we start any evening what time, how long it's going to take to get finished articles. Uh, and so the best way to handle those uh, key interest articles is to use this ability to say, we're going to, we're going to start that debate on that important article at a certain date and time. And over my uh, time as a town meeting member, uh, it has served well. It's not often used, uh, but I think it's very appropriate. I, I don't think it's, uh, there's anyone in the room that doesn't realize that Article 31, uh, which is the so-called, well, let's not, I, <laughs> not so-called, Article 31 and 32 uh, are of great interest and great importance. So Mr. Moderator, that is why I, I make this motion. Thank you, sir. So the motion, just for the body knows, is to postpone Article 31 and 32, 31 to begin first, 
at the date of uh, May 4, the time is 7.30 p.m., a date and time certain. It just requires a majority vote. Does anyone wish to speak to this uh, motion to move to date and time certain? If you would, thank you. Please come to the front. Folks, by all means, if you think you have a question or want to make a comment, you can work your way down early and uh, happy to recognize you in order. Yes, ma'am. Virginia Donahue King, Precinct 3. I'm just wondering why it's until Thursday and perhaps not tomorrow first thing, since this is an important thing and there's a possibility that we could finish tomorrow. So I would, I would um, with a friendly amendment, to put that tomorrow first thing. Is that possible? Mr. Walsh. Thank you, Mr. Walsh. Uh, Member King, I, I honestly, my interpretation, it used to be as moderator, I get asked often, how many nights is this meeting going to be? And my interpretation, even though the, our uh, current moderator has done a phenomenal job in efficiencies, I, I believe that the meeting will, in fact, uh, go longer than tomorrow night. And, and, and I chose Thursday night specifically because I didn't want to uh, frustrate members who want to see some progress in this meeting before we get uh, into a an article that's going to take quite a length of time to, to resolve. I would still respectfully give a friendly um, amendment that it go to tomorrow since it is such a very important article. I think that we have a lot of things going on for us right now with this um, electronic voting, et cetera, that is going to be saving some time. So I, I would um, urge the body to vote for the, to vote to address this article sooner rather than later, and that that would be tomorrow early while we're fresh. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Walsh has the right to accept or reject the friendly. Yes. Yes, thank you, Mr. Moderator. And I am going to reject it as a friendly amendment. Uh, I guess if you're interested in, in the uh, member's uh, suggestion, you would not vote for this. But I would also assure you that there are uh, many of those involved. Uh, it's, it's organized, ready to come in and have time availability for Thursday night. So there's a lot of reasons for the Thursday night. Well, I'm hoping that we'll be done by Thursday because I have something that I have to do and perhaps others do too. Well, great point, Mr. Moderator. It's my understanding that if we, in fact, adopt this motion and we should be all out of uh, items to consider uh, and it was so early on Tuesday night, we could perhaps then entertain a motion to begin that. but. Uh, it, I, it's not going to be something that will be done in a half an hour or an hour, and so it's not likely that it uh, would be done everything else by the middle of uh, Tuesday night. So at this point, yeah, I know I've got uh, 20 citizens, I think, uh, who have all asked to speak on 31. We have a number of people are making presentations, so I'm, I'll go with the will of the body. So ma'am, your friendly has been rejected. You could make, you can amend this to tomorrow if you would like. I would like to amend it for tomorrow. Thank it, you. Is there a second on amending to date certain tomorrow, May 2 at 7.30 p.m. for Article 31 followed by 32? I hear no second. Sorry, where is there? Can speak up? That's a second. Okay, thank you. Um, does anyone wish to uh, sp speak or debate to the merits of the amending to Tuesday night? If so, please make your way down to the front. 
Seeing none, if we could open up the poll, and what we're voting on now is the amendment, not the actual move, but the amendment to move this to Article 31 or 32 to tomorrow, Tuesday, at 7.30 p.m. So we could open up the poll, Mr. Uh, Mallet? Got to take a minute to uh, catch up? Okay. We haven't opened up the poll yet. Okay, now that now the poll is open. Uh, the motion to amend to May 2nd uh, fails by a vote of when the count comes up. Uh, 35 yeses and 201 noes. Uh, seeing no one else sitting down here, uh, we'll go to a vote to move to the date and time certain of Article 3132 on May 4th, 7.30 p.m. And so Mr. Mallard, I'll give you a minute to uh, adjust for that vote. The vote's not quite open yet. When you see the timer, that's when uh, the vote is, is open. And the voting's open. I declare a majority vote, uh, so we will take up Article 31 on Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Thank you, Mr. Walsh. Thank you, members. Uh, with that, uh, Article 5 uh, was by consent agenda, so was Article 6 and 7 and 8 and 9. And we are on to Article 10. Recommended that the town appropriate the amounts shown in the following tabulation under the heading recommended FY24. Inspectional services, $613,057. Fire, $6,260,519. Emergency management, 
$10,935. Police, $8,214,818. Total public safety, $15,099,329. And that to meet said appropriation for lease law enforcement, the sum of $5,000 be transferred from the dog licenses surcharge account received pursuant to Chapter 187 of the Acts of 1981, $15,965 be raised from the tax levy, and that $78,364 be appropriated from funds certified by the Department of Revenue as free cash. Does anyone wish to speak to this article? Please make your way down front. Yes, ma'am, you're recognized. Good evening, Mr. Moderator. Jill Clark, Town Meeting Precinct 4. Um, the comment in the warrant says that the um, free cash will be allocated for the purpose of hiring two police officers, specifically with a focus on community service and traffic enforcement. And I was uh, wondering if a little bit more detail could be provided about the um, responsibilities of those officers and the need for those additional officers. Sorry, just a little faint. Something about traffic enforcement? Just maybe just really close to the mic, please. Two additional officers for traffic enforcement and community services. I'm looking for some additional information about the need for those officers and the role of those officers. Okay, uh, Mr. Zulis, can you answer that question? Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Mike Zulis, Precinct 3 Town Meeting Member, Chair of the Select Board. I could try to answer the question, but Chief King is here, and I think Chief King is probably more able and much better able than I am to answer the question about those two additional officers, if Chief, you'd like to. Chief King, you're recognized, thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, John King, police chief. Sorry about that. Um, basically, we created a community services uh, division that includes traffic and community outreach. Uh, for the past two years, there's been no officers assigned to that due to a lack of staff. And uh, the problem, a lot of it's HR-related. We have uh, about 10% of the department's vacant, about 10% is out either injured or extended family medical leaves, issues like that then on any given day, you lose about another 10% of vacation, sick days, personal days, et cetera. So unfortunately, we've been running about 30% short. So basically, there's no way to put people back in that unless we get some additional staff. And, and um, if we were to get those bodies, it would allow officers designated to those programs who wouldn't be reassigned to sectors. Thank you, Chief King. Does anyone else wish to speak to Article 10? I guess not. Okay. Um, with that, we'll uh, open up the poll, Mr. Mallet. Declare a majority vote, if we can see the vote total as well. 241 yeses, uh, three noes. Thank you. Um, Article 11 was in, uh, passed by the consent agenda. That takes us to Article 12. Recommended that the town vote to renumber and recaption the general bylaws of the town by assigning a chapter number to each of the general bylaws, renumbering each section of each bylaw accordingly, inserting chapter, article, and section titles, and 
updating internal references to reflect the new numbering system and to enact the following global changes to the text of the general bylaws of the town, all as set forth in the document on file in the office of the town clerk entitled Draft of the Town of Milton, Massachusetts, dated January 2023, prepared by General Code LLC. To consistently capitalize the word town when it refers to the town of Milton, to cite numbers in the text of the bylaws in a consistent manner so that a numerals one through nine are spelled out as words and numerals 10 and higher are cited in number form only and B, all monetary amounts, fractions, decimals and percentages are cited in numeric form only. What I'd like to do first is uh, recognize our town clerk, Ms. Galvin, who was right here, there she is. Good evening. Um, I'm Susan Galvin. I'm ex officio, precinct seven, and I'm the town clerk. So as the town clerk, it's my sworn duty to provide the town, its citizens, and other stakeholders a certified copy of the bylaws. Back in 2017, um, under Article 8, town meeting authorized the town clerk to make up-to-date accurately indexed print and digital copies of the town's general bylaws, zoning bylaws, um, and to make it conveniently available to the public. At that time, we contracted with a firm called General Code. General Code is a firm specializing in the digitalization of local bylaws. It has over 60 years experience 4,000 local government clients in 44 states. What General Code did was they took the PDFs of our bylaws and um, the true copy attests and they double keyed them. And what double keyed means is two word processors typed up the documents, they compared them. If there were any um, mis Miss, for lack of a better word, any mistakes, um, <laughs> they would go back to the original bylaws, check them, and make the correction so that it was accurately reflecting our bylaws. This is a process that they have done for, like I said, with 4,000 other governments. Um, they feel that it's got a 100% accuracy rate. Um, and so then once they do that, they put it in their special format. Um, it's called XML, and um, it's a publishing system. And what that does is it adds cha chapters and articles to our bylaws so that it would go in their formatting system. Um, so our content was not edited to complete any spellings or grammatical errors or, or um, unclear any duplicative text. So it is in the bylaws the way we gave it to them. And so um, it's an automated process, so we really can't make any adjustments to content or style. So this is like the first phase of the, the um, bylaws. Like I said, it is all, all of our mistakes and errors that we already voted on. 
So if there was a typo when town meeting voted on it back in 1922, that typo still remains. Um, so everything would be included. I'm asking town meeting to approve this and bring it forward so that we can have a starting process and have the planning board, our general bylaw review, the select board, review these bylaws and make changes as apropos, um, but at least we would have something that would be searchable for the public and it would bring us into the 21st century. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Zulis, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Um, taking a cue from our friends on the planning board, uh, the select board uh, has a proposed amendment, or a friendly, proposed friendly amendment to Article 12. Uh, we don't have it in writing, I don't believe, although I have it typed up here. I'm not sure where this is. Uh, but it's one sentence, Mr. Moderator, and if I could read it, maybe we could... We could add this as a friendly amendment. Okay, thank you. It is to add the town clerk shall be empowered to correct inconsistencies in internal references to the general bylaws that arise from the new numbering system. Can you hand that text to the Warrant Committee clerk and she can actually enter it in? You're offering that as a friendly amendment? Yes, Mr. Moderator. Um, Madam Clerk, do you accept that friendly amendment? Um, warrant Committee, since this is your recommendation on the floor, what does the Warrant Committee think of this uh, friendly amendment? Um, hopefully not five minutes, but yeah. So. For the new members, when we get a friendly amendment, our process is to ask the submitting body what their opinion is of the friendly, and also to always consult with the warrant committee if we're modifying their, their recommendation, because they're the main motion on the floor.
Mr. Humphrey, if you can go to the mic and just give us your opinion of the Warren Committee. Is this the opinion of the Warren Committee that the town vote in favor of the um, amendment to the article? Friendly amendment. Yes. Friendly amendment. So, Madam Warren Committee Clerk, do you think you could type in in track changes mode this sentence right into the location of the article? So the, uh, the sorry, the recommendation, so the members can see it. While that's coming up, if you have an interest in discussing uh, this motion to amend and you want to make your way to the front. Mr. Zulis, does that text actually rec reflect your language? It does, Mr. Moderator. Thank you. Um, and if I may, just uh, Please. To add a couple of um, couple of points to what the clerk mentioned. Um, the select board supports this article. Uh, because the select board thinks the town needs to do business. And right now, the town can't do business with its bylaws in the shape that they're in. The select board also believes that this is an access and transparency issue. The current bylaws are not online. They are only found in the clerk's office. For so for those who can go to the clerk's office and find their way through all of these amendments to the bylaws uh, and try to piece it all together, there is some level of access, but for someone who can't go there from 9 to 5 and someone who can't get there, uh, there is an access, there is an equity issue. Um, and so to put these bylaws online will allow the town to do business, will allow the residents and the people who want to do business in this town to have, have access to the bylaws. We don't have that now. The town needs to do business, and we, we support this article. Thank you, your, thank you Mr. Moderator. I almost called you Your Honor. <laughs> if I get the bowler hat, you can call me Your Honor. So. Uh, does anyone else wish to speak to this motion to amend? Mr. Whiteside? I don't really understand it, but I, I mean, if the clerk is uh, uh, authorized to do this, when is this going to happen? After we vote? Perhaps Mr. Uh, Zulis and Madam Clerk. So Mr. Whiteside, your question is, when would they make these uh, correct these inconsistencies? Yes, that's my question. Yes, my interpretation is, but Mr. Zulis, if we vote to amend this, then afterward, during this renumbering process, the clerk will be empowered to then correct the inconsistencies in the bylaws. That's correct, that's correct, Ms. Mutter. And this is a friendly amendment uh, that I believe was accepted. Yes. So, fair point. You're right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Zulis. We don't have to debate the motion to amend. You're right. I, I, it, we, we vote a, 
a bylaw, and then the clerk changes it, and without another vote, it becomes the bylaw? I've, I've never heard of that procedure. Okay, very good. Does anyone wish to then speak to this amended recommendation? Sir, you're recognized. Yeah, uh, Brian O'Halloran, uh, Precinct 3. Um, um, curious, is there any oversight if we're giving the town clerk this power? Is there any oversight, review? Good um, question. Because this is typically something that's done by a committee, and now we're giving the power to the town clerk to make these changes. That's a lot of power. Um, is there any oversight? Okay, we'll get that answer for you. Um, Mr. Zoulis, do you have an answer on that process question? Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Um, um, the view is, and I think uh, Town Council may be able to speak to this, is th this, these are non-substantive changes. This is not a substantive change to the, to the bylaws. These would be just to correct in any inconsistencies, if they exist, in numbering. Um, and so there wouldn't be any substantive change. And I, I think the, and if, 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 if needed, town council, I think, can speak to that as well. Town council, do you have anything to add to this? Good evening, Kevin Freitag from the Office of Town Council. I think that this amendment is permissible. I'd look at it as, as something you might call a savings clause. It would allow the clerk to correct any inconsistencies that might appear in the, the new work product from uh, general code, specifically, for instance, where general code might have chapters and sections and subsections, and our bylaw has chapters but paragraphs and subparagraphs. It seems to me that it would be prudent and ministerial for the clerk to change references from paragraphs to sections and subparagraphs to subsections. So in, in terms of the oversight that you're asking for, I think that that is uh, captured in the breadth of the authority that town meeting is granting to the clerk, which is to do no more than to simply correct inconsistencies regarding internal referencing in the new document. Mr. Hallam, do you have a follow-up? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be voting uh, no on this. Okay, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Jenny Swenson, um, Precinct 5, town meeting member. I just had a question. Um, how many, how many changes, you have to face the mic there, how many you. of these numbering changes are we talking about and how, how significant is it throughout? I, I'm just thinking of how much work could fall on Sue Galvin as an individual. How much of a, you know, how much of a mess is this? I, I guess I was curious. I don't know if there's somebody from the committee who could speak to that. Um, Ms. Galvin or uh, the Bylaw Review Committee Chair, is there a uh, answer to the amount of renumbering that's going on? Mr. Mullen, you're recognized. Peter Mullen, Town Meeting Member, Precinct 2, Chair of the Bylaw Review Committee. Um, my understanding is that there are literally hundreds of references um, in the uh, document that General Code has uh, produced. Um, my understanding is that General Code had a different ordering system going from uh, chapter, article, uh, down through subparagraph than currently exists in ours, so that every reference would have to be checked uh, in, in this document, which I think is a 338-page document. Thank you. 
Mr. Whiteside, I know you uh, contacted me in advance about a possible motion on this recommendation. I haven't seen you rise to that. Would you like to rise to that? Yes, I'm... Uh, Could you just introduce yourself again, Precinct? My, my name is Alexander Whiteside. I'm a town meeting member from Precinct 9. I'm a former member of the planning board, and I've written a lot of zoning in the past. And I move that Article 12 on the 2023 annual town meeting warrant be referred and sent to the town clerk and planning board for further study and revision with the hope and expectation that a revised warrant article will be submitted for action by the 2023 full town meeting. Mr. Whiteside, just a clarification. Since we're only discussing Article 12 right now, is your motion limited to just Article 12? And when we get to 13, we can, you could rise on that? I have a separate motion, which is exactly the same, except it refers to Article 13. And so would you be willing to, would you be will, willing to amend your motion to refer to just 12 for now? Yes, it did. Since we have an open 13, yes. Yes, exactly. It's, it's on, on 12. Thank you. Um, is there a second? Second. Thank you. Mr. Whiteside, would you like to explain your rationale for the, the body? Just well, last September, the clerk contacted General Code to provide this uh, uh, transcript of the 2008 bylaw with amendments between 2008 and 2023. And in January, General Code, less than, you know, about six, seven months later, General Code came up with the document. And I have uh, spent some time reviewing the document. Uh, I haven't read all 338 pages for content, uh, but I have reviewed all 338 pages, and I have come up with uh, a number of problems. Uh, one problem, and a, a very serious problem, is that the article doesn't describe an actual document. It talks about a document called Town of Milton, Massachusetts Draft. That document doesn't exist. Um, and it has a date of January. And assuming a different document is referred to, that different document has two dates, January and February. It has two iterations. And this would seem, um, if you get by the fact that the title is not what is stated, uh, the first iteration would be the January document. That needs to be corrected. There are many, many things that need to be corrected. I think that if this gets sent to the Attorney General for approval, the Attorney General is going to look at it and say there are legal deficiencies in the article as presented to the town meeting. For instance, uh, uh, the article doesn't mention that 
the general bylaw has been reorganized, uh, significantly reorganized. The uh, uh, provisions are put in different places uh, in a different order. It doesn't mention that the article purports to contain histories of when the articles were adopted, but these histories are not always correct, but it doesn't mention that the histories, correct or incorrect, are to be included in the, uh, uh, in the article. And you, you know, the article is supposed to say what it wants done. And it doesn't say it wants the general bylaw reorganized. It doesn't say it wants histories included. Maybe these are good things to do, but the article should say they're being done. Not just do it. Um, if you, a legal, a legal question, uh, and, uh, they've, they've changed the titles of numerous bylaws and they say they need to do it, but uh, at the beginning of the article, it talks about a the title of 1.1 is codification of bylaws. You would think that that would refer to what's happening now but apparently it refers to something that happened in 1902. That, it's not clear. But in 1.2, under continuation or repeal of bylaws, it says that so far as the provisions of these bylaws are the same in effect as those of previously existing bylaws, they shall be construed to be a continuation of such bylaws, but subject to said limitations and the provisions of the next section, all bylaws of the town, here and before in force, are hereby repealed. And that would create havoc if this what we're doing tonight is going to repeal all the bylaws. It doesn't, it doesn't actually say what it's going to do. The legal, I mean, the, the bylaw just says, look at the 338 pages and you can figure out what we're doing. It's not the way it's supposed to work. The article is supposed to say what they're doing. I think that's a, a serious legal deficiency and it may result in legal action, which results in a, a, a court saying the bylaw has been repealed because there are substantive changes. They can say that changing section to article and subsection to section makes no difference, but it does because the text of the bylaw talks about matters contained in this section, matters contained in this subsection, matters contained in this paragraph. You can't just throw out those terms and say the, the meaning is still the same because it's not. It's a change. 
As I say, they say they just, they, they just say they're going to renumber and recapture the bylaws, but they do much, much more. And not that it can't be fixed, it can be fixed. A proper article with legal language saying exactly what the uh, um, article does and, you know, work correcting the errors in the, uh, in the 338 page draft, we can have something that's worth passing by the summer. And, you know, to say that we need the bylaw now, it's not exactly true because we have what's known as the planning board version of the bylaw posted on the planning board website where anyone can get it electronically. And it, it does need to be updated after 2017, but they have the material necessary to do that and it could be done within 30 days. You got about a minute left, Mr. Whiteside. What? About a minute left. All right, well, there are numerous problems in this, uh, in the 338 pages. There's, they could be fixed, but why pass something that is flawed under an article that is legally deficient and when all these things can be corrected and uh, we can do something that the town can be assured is going to do what is intended. Because I think that if this passes, the town is going to see some very unfortunate, unintended results. Thank you, sir. Uh, Madam Clerk, you're recognized. Point of order. Uh, yes, sir. I thought we adopted a rule that no person is allowed to speak twice while other people are waiting. I'm sorry. Um, are you referring to yourself, sir? I was hoping that the uh, recognizing the submitting body to reply to uh, Mr. Uh, Whiteside's comments. Does he have any objection to that? But uh, Mr. Whiteside didn't make a particular question, so that's fine. Uh, Mr. Mullen, you're recognized. Thank you. Peter Mullen, town meeting member, precinct two, and chairman of the bylaw review committee. Um, I rise in support of Mr. Whiteside's motion to refer this matter back to the clerk with regard to article uh, 12 and to the clerk and the planning board with regard to article 13. Um, I think it's important to, to understand a little background here and what's going on. Our bylaws are in terrible condition. Um, they have what's posted on the town website um, has not been updated in the general bylaws since 2007 and that in the, um, I believe it's 2009 with regard to the zoning bylaw. Um, everybody agrees that we need to um, update, digitize uh, the bylaws. The question is whether this, this particular um, two proposals are the way to do that or whether we ought to correct a whole bunch of problems before we try and adopt it. Um, the bylaw review committee was uh, voted in 2015. We weren't established in 2016. In 2017, the clerk filed an article and was authorized to digitize and index the bylaws. She brought to the bylaw review committee uh, the company General Code 
Um, we had several presentations from General Code, and uh, as a result of that, the town entered into a contract with General Code uh, to start the process. We were in that process. We got the zoning bylaw back from um, General Code in February of 2019. The committee went through the bylaw three times and made minor revisions. We were working with the town planner to, to get that finalized. And in September of uh, 2022, um, all of a sudden the clerk decided that she, um, this was process was too slow and that she and the um, uh, building commissioner filed a request to the planning board um, to essentially junk what we had been doing and go forward with an, a new project. Um, the planning board voted in favor of that um, in support of the clerk and the building commissioner um, and starting in the fall of 2022, um, documents were sent to General Code and they started their process over. They were supposed to finish it before January 11th, which was the deadline to close the warrant. They didn't. Um, a document was provided, the warrant was reopened to um, put this, these two articles in. The documents have been rushed. No one in the town has ever proofread either of the two documents. Um, people on the bylaw review committee, and particularly Mr. Whiteside, have uh, read parts of it and found mistakes with regard to getting the, the information there accurately. Um, the clerk mentioned this double uh, system that they use um, where they have two people purporting to create the same document and then they look for differences between the two versions. Um, what hasn't been addressed is that General Code, as part of its process, has introduced hundreds of new captions on sections of the bylaw, um, bylaws. Um, they've also introduced um, notes at the beginning of bylaws purporting to tell where the bylaw comes from, what, what town meeting, what article it was adopted in. None of those things have been proofread. Um, we know that some of those are inaccurate. Uh, one example that sticks out in my mind is the article relating to the Council on Aging. They say it comes from the 1934 town meeting. I know that's not true. Um, the document just has been rushed. Um, these intern, the, the proposed friendly amendment that was just uh, referenced is a result of uh, questions that have been raised about the internal references. A, a bylaw may, uh, particularly in the zoning bylaw, it may refer to some other section in the bylaw. General Code has a completely different um, numbering system um, than our current bylaws. W what they call an article, uh, one, one calls it a chapter, someone else will call it an article. It goes through five levels, I think, or six levels uh, of subparts uh, to bylaws. There are all kinds of references back and forth within these. None of them have been checked. Um, no one has ever tried to, to see that these references are actually what is being referred to. Um, I don't believe the clerk has the inclination to go through and proof all those after um, we vote on this article. Um, there's considerable um, notice with regard to um, the article that's published. 
If you look in your warrant, you'll see uh, for Article 12, it makes reference to a January 2003 version. Um, that's not the document that's currently up on the uh, clerk's office website. Um, that, that's what, at the time the warrant was, the article was being drafted, that's what the document was called. But then there was a recognition that there were mistakes, there were things included in the bylaw um, that had been uh, stricken by town meeting vote. Those things had to be taken out and there was a February version. Um, I think there's serious notice uh, issues with regard to this article and we face the prospect that were we to adopt it tonight um, and it to be sent to the Attorney General's office, um, it'll be rejected on a notice uh, issue, if not uh, the language. I don't see how we can authorize the clerk to make changes in our bylaws, um, even if it's just references to what section is being referred to. I don't know that you can always say that that's going to be non-substantial. Um, I think what we need to do is refer this back to the clerk, and in the case of the zoning bylaw, the clerk and the uh, planning board, um, and let's take four or five months, focus on this, marshal some resources, um, and let's have a document that's worth um, adopting and then having a digitized uh, set of bylaws. Thank you, Mr. Monahart. Thank you, Mr. Mullen. Um, Ms. O'Donnell, were you, since there wasn't a question there, Ms. Galvin, uh, it was just a comment. Ms. O'Donnell, were you ne waiting next? No. no. I, I would actually probably. If, if you'd like to rise. Yeah. I'm, I'm Kathleen O'Donnell from Precinct 7, and I'm actually waiting to speak to Article 13, ah, but I think we sorry. have the same issues with both of them, but I will hold my comments to 13. Thank you. Sorry, misunderstood. Yes, uh, Ms. Agostino. Diane DeTulio Agostino, Precinct 9. I have a point of order question. The town clerk accepted the friendly motion, correct? Yes, and the so, with the support of the Warrant Committee. Right, right. correct. And then um, we heard from town meeting member Alex Whiteside, and I can't remember, did he actually make a motion to refer back? And it was seconded, but his motion was slightly different than the head of the bylaw review committee because I believe Alex had a deadline. So can we please clarify what we're actually voting on now? Very good. Uh, Mr. Whiteside, since you made this motion, would you clarify for the body the exact uh, motion to refer language for the member? Can you get to the microphone? Well, uh, okay. This is the motion. Alexander Whiteside, town meeting member, precinct nine, moves that article 12 on the 2023 annual town meeting warrant be referred and sent to the town clerk and planning board for further study and revision with the hope and expectation that a revised warrant article will be submitted for action by the 2023 full town meeting. Thank you. Diane DeTulio Agostino, Precinct 9. Are we able to um, amend that to have the language read 
that it would be instead of, um, we don't have it up on the board to read it, so I'm not 100% sure. It sounded like hope. And in the past, I think sometimes we have had deadlines for submissions, so I'd appreciate if we could find out if that would be a possibility to get this back in the fall, and then I'd, um, whether it's a friendly amendment to his hope. I'm not sure I understand your point. His, well, can we get the proposed motion on the board so then we'll know for sure what we're re referencing? Mr. Whiteside, in the documents you sent us, is that language? Yeah, it's, it's the uh, uh, first sentence in the motion I sent to you. I, I go, go on to mention a written memorandum, but that's not part of my motion. Very good. If you could look at the language, is this the motion is, that's that you one. submitted in advance? Yes. And now, ma'am, what's your question? So in the third line, as he read, it discusses and revision with the hope and expectation that a revised warrant article will be submitted by far action by 2023 fall town meeting. And I would ask him to consider a friendly amendment to remove with the hope and expectation and just make it for further study and revision for a revised warrant article to be submitted for action by the 2023 fall town meeting. Do you want to remove the, the words with the hope with and the expectation? With the hope and expectation. Let me just see if I read that right. So for further study and revision. That, the, and then so, just go to that, a revised warrant article okay. will be submitted. I think we'd probably eliminate with the hope and expectation that. Then. And revision. Wouldn't it grammatically be for further study and revision that a revised warrant article? This, the word that I think has to stay in. I'll just read it. Move that Article 12 on the 2023 annual town meeting warrant be referred and sent to the town clerk and planning board for further study and revision. For a revised warrant, you're right. The word that doesn't make sense, but for a revised warrant article to be submitted. How about so that? So that. You're getting at that. Okay. So, Madam Warrant Committee Clerk, and just replace, keep the word that, replace with the hope and expectation with so. Mr. Whiteside, do you accept that friendly? I didn't know we could bind the. Uh, clerk and the planning board that way. I mean, if, we, if it's legal, I, I put in hope and expectation because I didn't think that we could require them to do so. Um, but if we can require them to do so, I certainly support that. Okay, so you accept the friendly. Um, Madam Clerk, do you accept that as a, well, you're really not in the position. Maybe you could comment. M Madam Clerk, could you comment on whether you think you can get this done? Madam Clerk, can you comment on whether you think you can meet that deadline? Well, considering the um, bylaws have been in able-bodied hands for five years and are no further, I think it would be challenging. But would I give it the try? Sure. Um, but I think that October is a very short turnaround time for the amount of work that is being asked of me, myself, and I. Okay. 
Okay. So any comment, Ms. Agostino, your follow-up? Thank you very much. Mr. Moderator, Diane DeTullio Agostino, Precinct 9. Um, Mr. Whiteside's document that um, some may have raises 14 items. And just taking this, what we started with this evening about how long it took for the Attorney General's office to get back to us regarding the electronic bylaw that we passed. It took a long time. So if we have this document with 14 items on it, and by the way, I want to commend the town clerk. I want to commend everyone who um, has worked to try to get the bylaws fixed, shall we say, because you can easily pick up the bylaws and see a lot of errors in them. One, like it was pointed out, one minute it's um, mentioned to be an article and then it's chapters and sections. Um, it's very easy for anyone who's not even a lawyer to see that there's a lot of errors. So I appreciate that the town clerk and the bylaw committee, as well as um, the town meeting member who has spent decades on the planning board to bring this forward. And I also want to add the reason why I think it's important um, not to put a workload on the town clerk alone, but to use what um, we have received, these 14 points pushed through for October, is because even the town building inspector, um, who I spoke to today, um, or I conversed with today, points out that the existing zoning bylaws because they are so poorly organized um, and written currently, are causing issues and causing serious delay. So to the point of having legal issues, all someone would have to do is mail this document into the Attorney General's office. They would read what we would vote tonight, and we could be delayed forever if we could just really push through and get this done for the fall town meeting, that would certainly push us up. We can't wait five more years. The building inspector was adamant that we have to have good zoning bylaws, which are a part of the bylaws, in order for his department, well, he's also retiring this week, or leaving us this week, but in order for inspectional services to properly address the business they have to address. So, um, and I do recommend new town meeting members. I believe there's a copy of the bylaws at the town library. They're, and then um, it was just pointed out there on the planning board website. So you can take a look at this and read through bylaws that might be of interest to you. Just pick up a few. But that's why I'd like to see this pushed to really, and like I say, I commend the town clerk. You know, the board of selectmen can do whatever they can to help and the bylaw review committee having the chair. Did they take a vote, um, Mr. Moderator, did the bylaw review committee, was that the opinion of the chair or is the bylaw review committee here this evening to actually take a vote that they also would like to see it um, deferred? Referred. I will uh, pause, so that's your, any other questions? I'd like to know if, the, if it was the bylaw committee and then the, in addition to that, everyone who would be involved in supporting the clerk, because as I said, this is a really big endeavor, but it's critical to get it done now. And if we get it back in the fall, 
the attorney general, um, the town clerk can address when she would expect if it was submitted in the fall without this sheet, two page sheet of 14 concerns to the attorney general, then we'd have it all approved. Okay, so where we are at the moment. Um, we're still, by the way, just talking about the, uh, a friendly amendment to in effect fix the date. Um, so Madam Clerk, I forgot, have you told us you accept that uh, friendly? If I accept this friendly, is it saying I think this is the, the right way to go? Because I don't. <laughs> then I think you are rejecting the friendly amendment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that, but that's your opinion. However, it's, uh, it's Mr. Whiteside's decision to accept the friendly or not, since uh, you made a friendly amendment to Mr. Whiteside's motion to refer. So Mr. Whiteside, I just want to be clear at this point, do you accept Ms. Agostino's date in your language? Well, given I, it's been pointed out to me that uh, sending it to the plan of the general bylaw to the planning board rather than when we're not talking about the zoning bylaw, even though the zoning bylaw is part of the general bylaw, it does seem to me we should send the general bylaw excluding the zoning bylaw to the clerk for this action. And, and it, if, if the, the bylaw review committee, I have no doubt, would, would, would be of assistance. So I just wanted to, but wanted to make sure we move, remove some language. Ms. Agostino recommended removing some language. So instead of the hope and expectation, is now saying, It'll come back in the fall of 2023 town meeting. Are you accept, do you accept I, I that think, friendly? I think that's fine. I think that maybe she would want to take out the planning board on the general bylaw. Well, you have that in your uh, motion to refer. The planning board is, has, you can refer this back to uh, the planning board. You're already, right. You already included that. I, I did. Okay, so that's covered. Okay. All right, so we have, you've accepted the friendly amendment. Yeah, we'll get to that. So, <laughs> um, so um, Mr. Mullen, now the bylaw committee, have you an answer on this uh, um, motion to refer? Peter Mullen, Precinct 2, Chair of the Bylaw Review Committee. The Bylaw Review Committee has not taken a vote with regard to this motion to refer back. We have discussed the draft that was uh, obtained from the clerk's office of the recent work by General Code. Um, we feel like, as a committee, uh, we were all of the view that there were numerous errors and that uh, more work needed to be done, but we never put it to a vote. Okay. Um, so now we have the answer that was just, by the way, he was answering the opinion of, the, of himself on the motion to refer, not so much the date certain, but it sounds like they didn't take a vote on either one of those. Um, Warrant Committee, do you have an opinion just on this uh, friendly, on the date certain? since we look to you for guidance, since you study these issues? It's ultimately Mr. Whiteside's decision because it's motion to refer, but I'm curious what the Warrant Committee thinks.
Um, Mr. Whiteside, <clears throat> so at this point where we are is you've accepted a friendly um, amendment from Ms. Um, Agostino. So the language up here is the way you'd like this to read at this point, right? I would like to remove the planning board. From your own, uh, you'd like to amend your own motion, own motion to remove planning board. Because uh, that, was a, that was clearly a mistake. I could, can, I, could you get close to the mic? Refer, you know, sending the general bylaw to the planning board when the general bylaw doesn't pertain to zoning for the most part is a mistake. So I'd like to remove the words and planning board. Okay, so that's your own, you're making your that's own change own on the floor. Amendment. Very good. With that, I think I will ask for, he's now amended his motion. We had a second on the prior one. I'll ask if there's a second on this. I hear a second. Okay. So at this point, do we have a clear motion to refer in front of the body so everyone understands what's happening here? Yes. Thank you, ma'am. So, War Committee Clerk? He's got it. Mr. Whiteside, does that reflect your interest here? Yes. Okay, thank you. Ms. Agostino, you've had a couple bites. We've had some other people who are waiting, if we could. It was a friendly, I thought a friendly motion might. Yeah, but other people have been waiting okay, in advance that's if fine. we could, so. Fine. Yes, sir, you're recognized. You don't want to talk to this now. You're that at risk of your concern. Okay, does anyone else wish to speak to this motion to refer before I recognize Ms. Agostino? Because I think at this point where we are is we have this on the floor, friendly amendment accepted, slightly modified, now been seconded. We've got something we can act on. Yes, ma'am, do you wish to speak to this motion to refer? I do. Marsha Grills, Precinct 1. Can everyone hear me? No, down lower. You can take it out if you like. But I, I'm, I'm not sure I can do that. Um, I need a point of clarification um, on the process. So. My understanding um, is that this, whatever this document we're talking about, exists electronically. And what we're voting on tonight is to accept the electronic version. And what we're authorizing the town clerk to do is to make minor adjustments. No changes to content, but minor adjustments for readability. That's my understanding. So. So I guess that's my first question. Is my understanding correct? Perhaps, do you have a couple questions? Or do you have any, ma'am? I do. Um, well, and, and again, um, I just want to make sure that there will be an opportunity when this phase is done for the people who are most, um, have the most expertise to review the content before it goes to the Attorney General. Okay, so you have two questions. Yes. Is the intent of this just to um, do minor, uh, just uh, minor inconsistencies in numbering and codification? And second, will um, town officials have an opportunity to review the final product before it goes to the Attorney General? Yes. Okay. Thank 
Then, um, Madam Clerk, can you describe the process we're going to follow and answer those two questions? So the process is that um, I gave general code all of our general bylaws. And anything that was included, including the years that they were accepted, was part of that. General code took that information and put it into a uniformed book or digitized system that does change some of the names and stuff. It doesn't change the context, it just changes if it says personnel, ours might say personnel board, and it just says personnel rules or personnel guides. Um, it, it's not changing, at least my understanding, I could be wrong with all these lawyers out here, maybe it is, um, <laughs> But it's, it's not changing the meaning of, of the information. So I'm strictly right now talking about the general bylaws. Um, I'm not talking about the zoning bylaws. So I gave everything to general code. General code has entered it into this, into this document. And in terms of adding that extra phase, it is to ensure that the numbers are correct and that it reflects correctly. So is, Ms. Gorilla, I, um, I'm going to just ask you, oh, there you are. So your question was, if I'm correct, is the document created? Yes, General Code has created it, and it is in a digitized form. Nobody has access to that. I do. Um, council does. Select board do. Um, but no, nobody who might need it um, has access to that right now. So what I am asking is that we accept the digitized forms. And it is based on what I gave to general code. Nothing has been changed. They've capitalized the letter T um, for town. But other than that, any areas that were um, wrong or anything like that, and let's not forget that these bylaws a million hands have touched these before me. So it, they, this was long before word processing. This was typed and um, handwritten. And so what we have is there, there are errors. There are punctuations that are missing. And whether that is something that isn't going to be changed? Well, by authorizing, I would go through. Like, something like that, that's important. It would come to town meeting. But if they're saying it's a number, and our numbering is different, that, that's where the town clerk would make the changes. Not and something in, in, of importance that would change the context of our bylaws. And Ms. Galvin, who will review the final work product? Which town officials will review it before it's submitted to the Attorney General? Well, this is the final work product. So what, what is on the website, as what General Co. Pro provided, is the final product. If you could stay in front of the mic. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. So you're saying it's I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> so the final product is in a Word document 
on the website for both zoning and um, the bylaws. So if you accept it tonight, you're saying that, okay, these printed copies are acceptable. We can now put the digitized copies out there. And as we're going along, we will, we will check them and make sure that everything is correct. Right now, the way the documents are, it would be very, very hard and there's more, let me put it this way, I think there's more chances of errors if we do it with me and a member of my staff going through and going back in the books. I think there's more of a chance of something being missed than doing it this way and moving forward. This is step one. We're gonna review it and make sure everything is in there that was the original intent. Right now, it, it's very difficult to understand what the original intent of the bylaws was. So ma'am, <coughs> just so I'm answering the member's question, you said the work has been done, mm -hmm. so the things that are here, assigning chapter numbers, renumbering sections, inserting chapter article section titles, that is all done in Correct. the digital version. Yep. And you're saying that you are- vote tonight would either say yes or no, and then if it comes back to me. Um, so you're saying if the town meeting passes this, you're sending it to the attorney general. Mm -hmm. It's done. Correct. I think that answers the member's question. Okay. Thank you. Um, sir, did you wish to speak to the motion to refer? Uh, yeah, um, Scott Matthews, town meeting member, precinct 10. Again, close to the mic, please. Thank you. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Scott Matthews, town meeting member, precinct 10. I, I'm just trying to get a little clarification on what we're trying to vote on on this motion. It sounds like the concern is that there's probably around what the clerk just said about some of the minor changes. And I'm just trying to understand if we're, what's being asked is that we postpone this and then we get like an itemized list of these changes and then, then we can vote on whether or not it's okay or if we reject this and then potentially vote on the article, then we're trusting that the clerk has done the due diligence to say everything is okay. Yes, what I've heard, sorry, go ahead. Basically sorry. what we're, we're saying with these two things. Yes, so the, the contention is the clerk is saying by the submission of this and the recommendation of the Warrant Committee, the work is satisfactorily done. It's ready to go to the Warrant Committee. Mr. Whiteside has raised concerns and says there are still inconsistencies that are substantive, it's not ready to go to the Attorney General. So um, he's saying, send it back and fix those. And the town clerk is saying, I think we've already done the work and it's ready to go. That's the essence of the debate here tonight on okay. this motion to refer. Thank you. Anyone else wish to speak to the motion to refer? Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Sean Fahey, Precinct 9 Town Meeting Member and Member of the Planning Board. My question, and I think I'll, I'll ask the uh, town clerk to answer the question, and, and maybe two questions. One which you asked, Mr. Moderator, which I'd like to get some clarity on. But my question is really around process. And just for everybody that's here tonight, I'd like the town clerk to explain what exactly did we give to general code? Was it a collection of electronic files, paper files, what was it that we handed over 
to general code specifically? How did we give it to them? And what exactly did we give it? Was it a series of electronic files? Was it one electronic file and a series of paper files? And I would like a more specific answer to your question, Mr. Moderator. When general code gave that product back to us, did anybody in the town review it? When we say that it's done, I don't take that to be an answer to the question that you asked, Mr. Moderator. Did somebody within the town, whether it's the clerk's office, the select board's office, the town administrator, any other official review the document that we are now saying is done? Understand your question, thank you. Uh, Madam Clerk, could you describe the two questions I have? What did you give the general code, digital or paper files? And after you, they gave you the product back, who reviewed the work product? Okay. Is, that, is that right, Mr. Fahey? Okay. okay, so question number one, um, they were given the bylaws that are listed on the town's website um, for both the zoning and the general. And then for every meeting that has passed, or every article that has been accepted from time by town meeting, from that time period to, to 2022, was given a true copy of test. So what that is is the actual article. It lists the article number, the date that town meeting approved it, what the request was, and then what town meeting actually voted. Um, so that's what they received um, in an electronic version. Um, so that, did that answer question number one? Completely. Yes, Mr. Fahey. Yeah. So everything that they were given was an electronic version. Correct. So it was the 2000, was it nine? With 2007. So seven for the, seven for the general bylaws. And Correct. I won't even mention 13. So that was electronic. That, yep. And they had an electronic version of every article that was passed. Correct. So in terms I of. I scanned it and then sent it to them. Understood. So in terms of our body understanding the specificity of what they received, it was an electronic version. So it should be, it should be exactly if mm -hmm. they had taken an electronic version. They did not have to, have to. Um, transcribe enter. it. Thank right? you. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have to transcribe anything. What did they? So it, with their process they do, they do do a, a two key entry system. So they, and they have two people who are typing the information um, separately and then they compare those documents. So it is key entered by general code, so yes. Okay, to the second question then, when you got the product back, mm -hmm. who reviewed it? Was Mr. Fahey second? So I reviewed it in so far as all the true copy attests that were given to them to ensure that each true copy attest was added into the document. Did anyone else review it, um, Madam Clerk? Um, there's been spot checks by um, the planning, planning department. Um, I don't want to speak for Mr. Zelensky, maybe Mr. Zoom. Okay, so the zoning um, planning board did the same thing. Or the to the planning board. articles? Yep. Or planning laws? Correct. Okay. But for the general bylaws, you were the reviewer. Correct. Primarily. Okay. Mr. Fahey, does that answer the question? It yes. does. Thank okay. you, Mr. Moderator. Does anyone else wish to speak to the motion to refer before I go to Ms. Agostino? Is that, yes, Mr. Zulis? Thank you, Mr. Moderator. The select board does not support the motion. Um, and uh, would just point out that um, I'm not sure that the um, town meeting wants to be 
in the position of mandating that the clerk submit an article by fall of 2023. I'm not sure that town, uh, town meeting has that authority to say that the town clerk will submit an article in fall of 2023. So, uh, but the select board does not support the motion. Okay, thank you. Um, Ms. Agostino, no one else wishes to speak before you, so you're, oh, so I'm sorry, I couldn't, can Ms. We, can there. we clarify one point of order? A point of order does have to be addressed. If it's a real point of order on process. Yeah, it's a real point of order. I asked a question regarding the bylaws committee. An answer was given, so then when you get an answer to a question, you're generally allowed to then stand up and discuss the answer, which will then address my friendly amendment request that I discussed with you up here. I'll gladly step aside and let, but I will point out, these are the bylaws. This is what everything's supposed to be based on. So this is a very important discussion. Okay, Mr. Mahalchik, sorry, I couldn't tell you in the third row whether you were waiting or not. If you could try to get in the front row, that'd be helpful. Oh, yes, sir, you recognize. I've been waiting. I just can't see you. If you're in the back, I can't tell which row you're in. So. So. Uh, Mike Mahalchik, Precinct 7, town meeting member. I thought this was gonna be such a simple thing. <laughs> I'm looking at it like, yes, I could tell. When I was on the warrant committee, I could tell that these bylaws, and particularly the zoning bylaws, were kind of screwed up. It was something about a pre-existing non-conforming building that burns and you could never rebuild it again, according to the zoning bylaw, if you flow charted the whole thing through. Uh, my, my question is, does general code, I guess it's for the clerk, you're on the hot seat tonight, Susan. Does general code give any warranties to the work? This didn't look to me like there would be any substantial change to the bylaws. It's, it's only talking about renumbering things just to get started on fixing the problems that are in the bylaws. It, what, are they, what, are they, what kind of guarantees do they give you that their work is gonna be, this is just a, a numbering, and please go to a microphone. You can have mine. Um, if there's anything, mistake that's on their part, that it will be corrected. So follow up. You have a follow up, sir? Mr. Whiteside brings up, like there could be yeah. le big legal problems. Uh -huh. What about that? What did they say they'd do in case that happened? Can you get close to the mic, sir? But what about if there's some big problems, like Alexander Whiteside has raised the possibility of? What, what did they, what's general code going to do for us then? So I guess I'm not sure if what Mr. Whiteside is saying are problems with our own bylaws of what I provided, or whether they are um, by problems that were made from general code. So. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what that is, and um, I think I'm going to have to defer to um, town council. So the, the question is, if a issue is discovered later, after the, let's say we pass, this is discovered, and there's some problem, um, do you have recourse with general code, I think is Mr. Mahalchek's question. Can you go back and make them fix it? Mr. Freitag, you having a, some help for us here? Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Kevin Freitag from the Office of Town Council. I think there are, there are two questions here. If the first question is, if General Code did not provide the services that they were supposed to provide to the town, would the town have some recourse against General Code? You can General, stay close to the mic, right? Would the town have some recourse against General Code? The, course, the answer is, of course. If there's a contract for those services, then the town could, 
could reach out to General Code and demand that it perform its services, and that would result in presumably a different product to the town. That is a separate and distinct question from what happens if town meeting passes this article tonight and sends the, the General Code's work as presently constituted to the Attorney General for approval. If that process happens and the Attorney General approves of not only the, the language in the article that's before this body tonight, which includes the language, the savings clauses I've described it by the clerk, but then also all the work that's been performed by General Code, and it is approved, and then an issue arises, General Code, I don't think, would necessarily play a role in that. that the town has now changed its bylaws by way of this town meeting vote, and so the town could do what it does whenever an issue arises regarding bylaws, whether uh, they've been recently implemented or they wish to change them. They could simply act again, right? So the town meeting could vote again to amend the bylaws if there was a problem that it discovered with the bylaws. We've had this happen at town meeting before where provisions of the bylaws, the general, excuse me, the zoning bylaws specifically have been amended. And then at a later time, it was discovered that the amendment was not what was intended by these, the, um, the board that submitted the article and Therefore, a new article was brought to town meeting and a, a new town meeting vote was cast to change the bylaw again to address the fact that what had occurred was not what was intended to occur. So is it as simple as if once the attorney general approves it, those are the bylaws, we don't go back to general code for errors, but before that time we do. Is it that simple? Yes, you could still ask general code <clears throat> for input, but at that point, if you wanted to change the bylaws in a manner that was not simply ministerial, which is what I've suggested, then the town would have to act. That would okay. not be on general code. The town would have to come back and act the town meeting to amend the zoning or general bylaws again. Okay. Mr. Mahalchuk, did that answer your question? Yes, and I want to vote yes on this to, to start the process of fixing these bylaws, which are a mess. Okay. Now, did I miss anyone else before Ms. Agostino? Anyone down front? Yes, sir? Mr. Kelly? On the motion to refer, right? Yeah. Is there any way that we can um, put this on the web as a convenience to the, to the members of the community, but not send it to the Attorney General and not be the, the original? And have it, if there's any conflict or question, that the people are referred to the original documents. We don't have to worry about the Attorney General approving it. This is just a convenience thing. And eventually, with time, we might find some, just through that process, we will find errors if there are any. And then we can deal with that. So, why do we have to even send this to the Attorney General? This is just a convenience so people get a general idea of what the law is, and if there's a concern by the planning board or anyone else on a project, whatever, then the developers can look at the original language, and that's gonna be what is the law. So your question is, can we just codify this but not get it approved by the Attorney General? Exactly. Can I ask town council for an opinion on that? Yes, thank you, sir. Kevin Freitag from the Office of Town Council. The answer is no. Um, general, general code has done this many times for communities in Massachusetts and every time they submit these types of articles to the Attorney General's office for approval. In fact, 
the article that is before the board tonight is in part supplied by general code, right, for the bylaw and for the general bylaws. The Attorney General's office requires that these, these sort of um, reworkings of the, the bylaws and general bylaws, even if it's just to put them into a different format to be uploaded into their, their version, if you will, general code's version, that that can only be accomplished by a vote of town meeting. So in order to do what's being proposed, which is to make the general code version of the bylaws the version of our bylaws and the version of the general bylaws, town meeting must act, and it must be approved by the Attorney General's office. Thank you. Mr. Coachella, on the motion to refer? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, Tony Cicello, Precinct 4A. Um, I now remember. Um, so I think we're faced here with a Hobson choice. We have no good options. By all accounts, our existing bylaws, the general bylaws and the zoning bylaws, are a mess. And, and for years, people have been talking about fixing them, and for one reason or a hundred reasons, it hasn't been done. Steps have now been taken, and General Code has come up with uh, a version of the bylaws that, from what I'm hearing, are a mess. Maybe they're, not, maybe they're not a mess, but they're riddled with errors. Maybe they're minor errors. There could be substantive, because it doesn't seem like anybody's read them. And it certainly doesn't seem like anybody's read them in enough detail to try to ensure that they've adequately dovetailed all of the various uh, portions of these bylaws. So we don't have a good option here. I think our options are Number one, refer it back to committee. I don't think we need any language up there if this is how you're going to go, other than refer it back to the town clerk for further study. But put that aside for the moment. If you're going to go that way, then we should be clear, and we should say to the, the bylaw uh, study committee, you want a shot at these, get it done, because we know they're a mess. The alternative is to pass what we have now, which many seem to think is better than what we have, but may be different than what we have, and we may not even know it. <laughs> and again, tell the various committees, the planning board on the zoning article, which is 13 and I can't talk about yet, or the general and the bylaw study committee and the clerk on the others. And then we can come back to the next town meeting and fix them. So those are, I think, our two options. I'm not sure which is the best option. I think, on balance, the best option is to go with the general code thing, and then let's fix it and make sure we haven't really screwed it up. So, okay. thank you. Okay, I think we're now at people who have spoken, everyone's spoken once on this. So I think, Ms. Agostino, you were first well, you were first. You were waiting in line to speak first. I had a question, and I was waiting to answer. I did see the person. My question is complete. Okay, you're deferring, uh, Mr. Mullen. Uh, you're recognized, sir. Peter Mullen, Precinct Two. Um, I think the debate tonight has shown many of the problems here. I'd like to follow up with Mr. Kelly's suggestion. Um, we have a document from General Code that purports to be our bylaws. It's up on the town website right now. Anybody that wants to inspect it can inspect it. 
anybody that's looking to answer a question about our general bylaws uh, can look in that document. For many years, the planning board has had an unofficial um, version of the zoning bylaw on the planning board website, and people have used that to find answers to questions about the zoning, uh, bylaw, zoning laws of the town. Um, it's not official, but we can put it up as an unofficial document to the extent that uh, people want to have something to look at now, would have something to look at now. We don't need the Attorney General's approval. We don't need town meeting vote. The, the, the town uh, can just do that. Um, I'm, either the clerk can put it up or the select board can put it up. Uh, in the meantime, if you refer this back to the clerk's office, um, I think we're going to need to convene a, people from across departments within the town. Uh, we need people from the planning department. We need people from the clerk's office. We need some uh, support from the town administrator's office. Um, and we'll get these reviewed and we'll, get, we'll come back with something that we can officially adopt. Um, but if the, if the desire is to have something up that's useful um, right now, then I think that's the way to go. Thank you, Mr. Monterey. Okay, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Diane DeTulio Agostino, Precinct 9. I'm going to ask you a point of order before I continue with where I started, which was I came down to make a friendly motion. Um, there was discussion on the friendly motion, and then an additional question was asked which I was not allowed to respond to in a timely manner. So there's several items that the process allows for when you, when you, as we've seen people ask questions, get answers and stand up to continue on. So my point of order would be, is it possible to, um, in light of what was discussed by several of the elected officials, is it possible to make a motion to adjourn and pick up on this article after all the important people get to talk and think about it. Excuse me, I'm asking a point of order. Is that something that can be done? To allow town officials, because what I'm standing here with is the actual proof people are saying, well, there's nothing important, but Alex Whiteside has a very, as an attorney and someone who's done a lot of work, these are point for point why he believes the article has written, if, it, if we vote it and it goes to Attorney General and then it takes another year to get approved, it may be denied. So that's a point of order as far as I make a motion to adjourn and pick this up tomorrow night and giving all town officials um, the information to review so that the audience that hasn't seen a lot of the details I mean, the word charter is in this codified, I can't even say the right words, uh, codified item. And I have picked that up many times when I've looked at the bylaws. The word charter shouldn't be in the bylaws. It has nothing to do with the bylaws. They're typos, and yet it's still in there. Yeah, I, according to my, uh, my notes and my understanding is when we're in the midst of a debate, um, we can't accept a motion to adjourn. Okay, so then Diane DeTulli Ragostino, Precinct 9, addressing the response from the chair of the bylaw committee, um, which is when I wanted to stand and ask um, for another friendly 
amendment prior to pointing out some of the actual details of the errors in this document would be that it be sent to the town clerk and the bylaw review committee. That's, I'm asking if that would be an acceptable, friendly motion. Mr. Whiteside, since you have the motion on the floor, do you accept to the town clerk and the bylaw review committee? I think so, yeah. Yes. Okay. Now I'd like to read, and I, I'm, I'm amazed at these four pages. The concern really is in the language before us in Article 12. Um, the first two paragraphs discuss that they're talking about referencing in the article, all has set forth in the document on file in the office of the town clerk entitled, quote, draft of the town of Milton, Massachusetts, dated January 2023, prepared by General Code L um, LLC. Well, it's pointed out that um, there's no, there's no document entitled draft of the town of Milton, Massachusetts dated January 23, prepared by General, Co General Code LLC on file with the clerk. It seems likely that, and this is not written by me, this is um, a part of, I had no intention of discussing anything with regards to this article, but the more I heard about um, the specifics that are of concern, that it's not just numbers, um, that it seems likely whoever prepared the warrant article made a mistake and intended to reference a 338-page document um, on file in two different iterations, so they're different dates and times. So if you pass an article that isn't exact, that's where the Attorney General, you know, if anybody, which it sounded like somebody may be submitting this, then they're going to say, wait a minute, the, that article, the re it's not referencing an actual document. But let's go to a simpler, easier item, which is pointed out in uh, Mr. Whiteside's uh, document handout. The proposed recodification of the general bylaws at pages 7 to 11 contains a, quote, chapter C, unquote, entitled Charter. And I've seen this throughout the bylaws. The word charter will show up um, as part of the general bylaws. The charter is not part of our general bylaws and should not be presented as if it were. It's not a bylaw. It is an act with a number of amendments enacted by the legislature in 1927 and therefore authorizing a representative town meeting in Milton. So that's a simple, like, wait a minute, that's not just changing numbers. But if you want to talk about changing numbers, and I definitely credit, not me reading this, um, writing this, um, his point number five. And until all 14 points presented here are really answered, then the Attorney General has a very easy way to say, you know, this article isn't in keeping with what should be presented has a bylaw change. The general bylaws currently includes 25 separate bylaws in chapters numbered 1 to 25. In the proposed recodification, these 25 chapter, chapters are reorganized into 31 chapters. There are major rearrangements in the order of the chapters. Finally, a very confusing number system was imposed, and this is referring back to what that general code had written. It replaces the sequential numbering system in the current general bylaws. Chapter one is followed by chapter five, which is followed by chapter 12, which is followed by chapter 23, and so on without any apparent rhyme or reason. Ms. Agostino, you've got about a minute left in yep, your 10. Yep, sequential okay. number of, of chapters 
should be restored. I mean, that's the simplest one out of the 14 items that could create an issue if we submit a poorly written and a poorly referenced article to the Attorney Generals. And I want this passed. I want our bylaws to be fixed so that we, as town meeting members, when we want to vote on something, we can say, oh yeah, there's the bylaw. But as you can see, if we submit it, it could take a year, and then if the Attorney General declines it, and we do have um, the chair of the bylaw committee has been very active for years. So I greatly appreciate the consideration of two friendly amendments being um, accepted by the proponent of the motion to defer, which has been done in the past with dates and deadlines. Thank okay, you thank very you. much. Now, right now, it's 11 o'clock. I think we've had a lot of debate on the motion to refer. We have to um, vote on that and then vote on the article. Does anyone have anything substantive to add that's really going to sway the audience on the motion to refer? I see some people sitting down here, but happy to do it if you really think it's important. Okay, great. We well, don't no need to do that. I don't see anybody down here now, so I'm going to take a vote on the motion to refer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I can't always see your hands. So I'll just pop up there, Mrs. Willis. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Um, the, um, Ms. Ms. Tertullio Agostino raised uh, some issues of legal sufficiency of the article and uh, scope issues, and it, it may be helpful to have uh, town council just to address those, um, and, uh, or not. <laughs> um, so it may be helpful, and the only other thing I would point out is that um, uh, we, um, we all respect Mr. Mellon, but, uh, it seems to me that um, if the bylaws are good enough to put on a website, if they're good enough for the people to use that work with our town, if it's, they're good enough for our town to use, then they're good enough for us to vote on this evening. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Okay. So um, at this point, Warrant Committee, what's your opinion on the motion to refer? Thank you, Mr. Moderator. On behalf of the Warren Committee, we took a series of votes on the friendly amendments as they were. We took a series of votes on the friendly amendments as they were presented. With regard to the friendly amendment, with regards to the date certain, with regards to the date so certain. The Warren Committee's rec recommendation was not in favor of the language with regards to the date certain, but with regards to the language with regard to referring to the bylaw com review committee, if yeah. the matter was referred, it would be to support sending it back to the bylaw review committee, and with regards to the motion to refer back Mr. Alex Whiteside's motion with regards to referring it back, it was a Warrant Committee's vote to be in favor of that motion. So our motions were that it would be referred back, that there not be a date certain, and that the Bylaw Review Committee 
would be part of that process. That was our votes. Okay, so I think at this point the members are fully informed. Um, I'd like to go to a vote on the motion to refer, which is uh, just a majority vote. So if we could put up the polling software and we'll wait till it, the timer shows up. Yes, Mr. Cachella. I'm sorry, Mr. Moderator. Tony Cicello, Precinct 4-8. Um, what exactly is the motion that we're voting on? We heard a lot of different variations okay, of I'll what restate. the Warren Committee is. It, is it all of Mr. Let's, uh, Mr. Mallet will stop the poll, okay. Is it, is it all of? <laughs> we call that foreshadowing in the business, yeah. <laughs> I feel very upstaged. Um, it, is the motion to, with all of Mr. Whiteside's language, or is the motion just to refer it back to either the town clerk or the planning board? I, I'm a little confused as to precisely what we're voting. It was his whole language as uh, read into the record and displayed on the screen. That was the motion made and seconded with the adjustment of um, removing the hope and expectation, left at a date certain, it's gonna refer back to the town clerk and the um, bylaw review committee. That's what we're voting on. Okay. Everyone understand what we're voting on? Good. Now we'll open the poll. You're testing. And can we put up the numbers? But I can see that the motion to refer uh, fails. And if we flip to the numbers, we'll read it into the clerk by a vote of uh, yes, 63, no, 156. Now, unless anybody wishes to add anything else, I think we're ready to go to a vote on the um, article as printed in the warrant. So at this point, we've had no amendments to the article in the warrant. We just, we're talking about the motion to refer. So right now, the article, as you see it in bold, recommended by the Warrant Committee. Madam Clerk? I'm sorry, there's a friendly amendment, which was, sorry, comment uh, bullet three, my mistake. Could we put up now, take down the boat, and put up uh, the, Madam, there we go. So you're now voting on uh, this with the friendly amendment of the third bullet point added in. Everyone clear? Okay, this is a majority vote only. Mr. Mallet, if we could open up the poll. And the recommendation is adopted by majority vote. With that, I will accept uh, a, a verbal motion to adjourn. Is there a second? All in favor say aye. Opposed, no. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7.30. Thank you for your patience. Please remember to turn your clickers in on the way out. Thank you.